and welcome to Burkamp Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast full of people that are on the verge of death. The only living person here is me and Josh. You're right, Josh. Well, uh, knowing what your general list of ailments are like, um, I'm assuming you just mean nothing's changed on in your life. Uh, I did have a stretch this right. morning when I was in bed, did some of that, and as yeah. I've got a poorly neck, it, um, it now hurts. But, you know, uh, I'm a man, I get on with it. Do you just get on with it when you're not well? Uh, no, I'm probably the worst. I'd say up there with the likes of Chris for when I end up moaning. I said right Damn up it. there. Don't mention uh, him. Is your uh, is your sofa upside down as some kind of protest against sofa or furniture in general? It's a bed upside down. Um, so yeah, it's it's not a sofa, but it is a general go at every spare bedroom in in the world right now. That's that's where it's at. As some people who are lucky enough to watch this live on YouTube, or not even live, but on YouTube, will see the array of shit that is in my house that I've not packed yet ready for a move please please don't oh you've said the s word and we're going to chris next talking of shit chris how's the arse <laughs> and i don't mean our club <laughs> i mean you know so far and we are only two minutes in it's all right but uh i'm concerned about the next hour or so potentially more i'm very concerned much so, like uh, Mauricio Pochettino, it is squeaky bum time for you for the next 90 minutes. <laughs> yes. Uh, just in case the listeners want to know, I'm not ill. I don't uh, think they do. I, I, just, I just have, I've been for a run and I just got home and I have the gurgles. So, uh, yeah, very bad stomach cramps that are coming in waves, much like Arsenal's form at the moment, coming in very small and big waves, depending upon which way you look at it. Apart from that, you're quite happy sitting there in your little hovel in the dark. Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm very concerned about when I actually have to get up to put the light on because I fear that things might go wrong. Leakage. <laughs> it could be leakage. It could be. Well, I know John has got some adult nappies. Um, I don't think he uses them for the same reason you do, but maybe we could get him to pop some round. <laughs> that, that might be good. Yeah, I'm an adult baby. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, enough of you. Right, next one up. It's uh, it's Cactus Cashew is a genuine genuine illness. He has a migraine at the moment. Um, that's probably looking at the new Egyptian national kits. Have you seen them? Um, why don't no, I no. call you Cash? It's not Cash. It's know. Richard. Uh, mate, so most, most, most people call me that anyway. So it's all right. I'll call you everything. Yeah. It's fine. I've been have called a lot worse, kit? Danny. No, not by no, me. No, I haven't. I've, I've been a, I've been a very bad Egyptian. I, I haven't I haven't spied the kits. Is it is it Adidas who makes them? I've got no idea. They just look, one of them looks like the colour of a sand for Egypt. That's not surprising, but yeah, they look nice. Oh, I might have to um, give them a little uh, a little look. How are you, Danny? Oh, I'm very good. You're the only one who's asked me because the other two don't care. And give it time, and you won't care either. It's just how things work here. So um, yeah, I'll get rid of that now. So uh, tonight we are going to be talking about. Uh, I'm so lazy gentlemen and ladies that i said in our whatsapp group topics for tonight and i've just picked out all the topics that people put carl did the best job because carl is my favorite and he's also the one doing all the wonderful tweets from the, the podcast account because carl also cares and uh so the first thing we're going to talk about um is uh we're not going to go to banner private chat there you go i put them all in there we'll start off with with uh once i do the first topic you lot just talk away. I'm only introducing the first one, then I'm sitting back and complaining about life. So, Josh, you put a magnificent comment in our WhatsApp group. It's a shame we can't, something like we shame we can't play a championship side every 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 week. So, the first topic I've got: 
does beating Sheffield United mean we still aren't shit? This is from Chris. Um, and was that a meaningless result? Is there any point picking the good stuff out of this? And can we take anything from beating a championship side? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think as somebody who thought on a very similar line, uh, you know, I, I do tend to be erring on the positive side, but let's, there's no two bones about it. The Sheffield United squad is utterly shit right now. And I think the fact that we got a 3-0 result against them was... Well, you could see it from the way that we played the game. Every second ball was landing at an Arsenal foot. There was a lot of luck and the kind of quality showed through. Uh, in terms of our attacking play, it was interesting to see the lineup we went with, um, especially with Xhaka at the back. Uh, I don't think that's something that continues in the long run, but... I'm sure there are a couple of things that people will pick from it. I think more minutes in the legs for Thomas Partey is great stuff while we can still get it because he's looked like a very, you know, he's looked like a shadow of the player that he actually is. Uh, I think I've, I've mused, have we dragged Partey down to our level? Because... Always the question, isn't it? Exactly. Get a decent player. Do they drag the rest of the squad up? Squad up. Mm. The rest of the squad drag him down. Yeah, and I think what we saw with the third goal is that's what Partey's in there to do. And you know, Lacazette, when he's given a second bite of the cherry, he's going to take it. And I think just generally, it was um, a performance that you could say, yeah, well done to Arsenal. But I don't know, Chris. Is there anything more to that than just? It's a job done rather than well done. Can we not talk about jobs being done? <laughs> concerns me quite, quite uh, regularly. Yeah, uh, I, I think Danny read out my my message in, in the group and I said uh, beating Sheffield United doesn't mean we're good again. Um, but, you know, in, in all fairness, like let's take the positives because we like the positives. We, we, were, we were good. You know, we were good against, as you say, let's be honest a championship side but we've lost to worse sides you know we've put in worse performances uh even in this year's europa league we've we've probably put in worse performances against worse sides so um no i was i was kind of impressed i uh i was sort of doing that thing where i was kind of watching a little bit corner of the eye thing because let's be honest the league has gone and and at this stage it is very much like a an exercise in getting the games played but no, some good goals. Nice to see Laka getting a couple, uh, especially the first one. Really, really nice goal, that one. A uh, couple of good performances. Good to see Martinelli back in the side. Shaka did a you know very good job, given the fact he was playing out of position. Don't think we'll see him there in every game. I think that was very much kind of a, if, if not a one-off, very much a not very regular off, shall we say. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Sheffield United had a shot, did they? I think they were that bad, so... You know, we, we, we take the positives, we move forwards. Good to see Ceballos play well as well, actually, um, you know, in, in time for the, the next game because we are going to need as many players in form as we can get coming into Thursday's game. So, yeah, I say I, I, I didn't hang the flags out. I, I didn't book the open top bus parade, but it was nice to see us get a win and, and actually play some football, which is a, a bit of a novelty this season, let's be honest. Sheffield United had two shots on target. 
unbelievably. And I was half experimenting. I always think it's a good game if Eddie McGold... What's his name? Something McGoldrick. Chris McGoldrick. Dave. David. David. There you go. Third time lucky. Uh, if, if McGoldrick doesn't score against us, because he only scores against us and Chelsea, and he didn't score. So, um, yeah, Richard, do you think it's uh, the fact that Ceballos has been shit most of the time, but whoever plays next to Party? Looks amazing. Whether it's Jacker looks the, his best again with him. El Nenny looks really good with him and then Ceballos. Or do you think it's more to do with the Ceballos, the positions he was allowed to play? Because Ceballos isn't the one to go back, get the ball off the defenders, then come through midfield and give it to the strikers, is it? That's not how he flourishes. No, I don't think so. I think I think with Partey, um, <laughs> with Partey, um, he offers like a bit of protection, a bit of athleticism. And mobility um, to the other other his midfield party uh, part partner, sorry, um, which always makes them look a bit you know a lot better than they generally are. Um, I think Sabas was fur- a, a lot further up the field um, than what he normally is, which is a massive plus for him. Um, because I, I think sometimes Sabas. He, he he's got a little bit of the you know like the the some of the criticisms that used to be levelled at, at say like Aaron Ramsey where he he tries to do a bit too much, and if you're further up the field, it's not as detrimental kind of thing. Like if you're if you're getting caught in possession or you give away the ball in the final third, it's no it, obviously it sounds redundant. It's nowhere near as bad as getting robbed of the ball or messing up right in front of the back floor. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're on us. So I think that bit helped him as well. Um, also, you know, Sheffield United aren't, aren't very good. Uh, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just the same. It was a, a mixture of all things, but it was, it was decent from, from what I saw of Sabaya, some nice touches, you know, little flicks. I know there, there was an early one where, where he, um, he back heeled it on off to uh, Lacazette, who played in Martinelli. Who, again, I was really, really glad that Martinelli got some minutes in 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 his legs as well, um, which is, like I say, another positive. But yeah, I, I think, like I say, Partey thing. I I think his general presence, even if he doesn't have the best of games himself, I think he brings a physicality and a a presence and a mobility that that helps out his partner. Yeah, I think with Ceballos as well, just generally with his performance, it was interesting to see him not play so centrally as well. He was very much acting Mm. as that additional protection for Granit Xhaka. And I think when you do have a player that is so drastically played out of position in that way, I think, Chris, remember this and uh, Rich as well from your coaching, that as a player, if you're asked to play an unfamiliar position, you tend to be you tend to concentrate more and your teammates tend to help you out a little bit more because they know that you're just there to help the rest of the team. It looked like Sabios was there to kind of shield Jacker, help him out a bit more as well as Martinelli being over on that side as well. That I think that's why we saw a good performance from Jacker because not only was he wasn't really tested at all defensively, it was the fact that he had that extended level of concentration because he's being asked to do such an unfamiliar role. He's actually got to pay attention. He can't do it all on instinct. He's got to be full of concentration for the full 90 minutes. And I think it was interesting to see Arsenal um, on their YouTube this week put out, or yesterday, put out the, uh, you know, they do the, um, what is it, just like voice cam or voice, uh, you hear the, the players shouting, 
Open mic. Um, open mic. That's the one. And it was Granite Xhaka from the Sheffield United game. And you could see, because he was afforded so much protection, he could very much dictate our play a little bit. And you can see why he was the captain of Arsenal. But by no means, I think, from that video, is he the only guy that was talking? But I think, what does everyone else think of Xhaka's general performance as well? I wanted to mention this, actually, because um, that's a nice segue, because I, I was reading a lot of the comments uh, behind that video today. And isn't it funny how, you know, like a player sort of celebrating and giving it the, yes, come on, and, you know, a little bit of passion with an SH and a UN um, changes perceptions changes people's thought process you know there's so many people like you said josh under the under there with the comments you know oh, it, it, clearly arteta, uh, arteta clearly jack is the leader you know this proves he should be captain da, da, da. And i was just i was just sitting there shaking my head going he played all right and he shouted a bit and he was passionate and that all those three things should be every week that's that's not something that you should reward and say oh that's amazing because it should happen every week. I'm not. I'm not disputing. We bought Granite Xhaka to be a leader of this team. Doesn't mean that you know he, he's the best player for that role. So yeah, I mean, and, th- and there's a reason why he was given the captaincy. There's also a reason why he lost the captaincy because he plays on passion and he plays on on drive and, and hunger and determination. The problem is when that goes a bit wonky, he goes missing. So you know you, you can't really you kind of got to give it the the credit and also dismissal that it deserves. So, yeah, I, I did find that it, th- those videos are always interesting to watch, but I do, I do find it amazing how people's perception of someone changes just because someone shouts a bit, um, you know, and, and, and I, I do enjoy a, a good Northern Rob holding grip player. <laughs> grip player. I, I did love that. That was, that was yeah, and I think that's the other thing to caveat it with was he's probably not the only player dictating positions of the other players you know there's definitely someone on the other flank it was probably Callum Chambers maybe Rob Holding who's doing exactly the same to Pepe and Martinelli and maybe even Lacazette when they're drifting over to that side of the pitch and whilst it is great to see I think people just need to kind of look at the context generally and saying yeah he's vocal but everybody should be vocal it's not a I think that might be just more of a damning indictment than the rest of our team. That what Jack is doing is like the, you know, the minimum. That is the the bottom of what we should be expecting from a player to be communicating with people around him to ensure they're in the yeah. right places. And I think generally from what we saw was a team that did look coherent. I mean, we can continue going about how the opposition helped us and played into that for us, but. I think we did look very coherent. And as I said, every second ball seemed to fall to an Arsenal player. Now, whether or not that was by design or by the fault of Sheffield United, I think we could debate that for days. But I think generally it was a very calm, collected performance. And there's only a few things I think people could moan about. I think one of those being Saka and his use in the game. Um, Rich, did you think Saka was, after we've seen him and how important Thursday is, did you think it was right for him to start the game? Um, it, was, well, it was an odd one, really. I 
there's a bit of me that kind of like now that he's and, and once he took out the knock instantly you're like oh god like he shouldn't have played but then the other caveat to that is if he hadn't have played and we didn't get the the um, uh, the victory people have been slating arteta to play the, the the team that's in front of him um me kind of personally i, I would have liked to have, have saved him uh, just because of the the injury niggles that he had in the the prior to this in the like with england and stuff like that um I think I don't know. Again, I haven't really been on online or anything today. Like, is it is it just a was it just a um, like a dead leg or something? And he should be okay. I don't know if anyone else has heard heard anything, uh, any other reports or anything. He was he was in full training <clears throat> today, along with uh, who was the other one? Was it Martinelli that was a doubt over? Odegaard's yeah. uh, Odegaard's a doubt. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, saw that Martin Martinelli was ankle, wasn't it? It was his ankle. He, he rolled his ankle again. Yeah, and and Smith Rowe is the other one I think I was thinking of, and apparently those two is ex is that 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 phrase isn't that expected to be fit. So um, yeah, I, I imagine we'll see both. I think Saka was more of a precaution than anything, but yeah, dead leg or something like that. At what point do you think people are going to start forgiving Xhaka for his previous things? Because when you stack up all the stuff Arsenal no. players have done against us, then I don't care that. You're not going to neither of you forgive him, even though he's putting oh, some really. I'm good not saying I don't forgive him, but let's just yeah. put it this way: How many people forgive Thierry Henry for missing that chance in the Champions Absolutely. League final? And he, and and uh, sorry, his his his. You know, has he played well? Yes. You know, has he uh, has he sort of resurrected a career that was basically dead? Yes. But did he embarrass the club and embarrass the you know the armband and and make an absolute joke of the situation? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, I forgive him because, uh, quite frankly, some of our fans are oh. assholes. Oh, as I've as I've seen yeah. in the last couple of days, I I put <laughs> up a thing of the who scored dot com. I just put up their form table. You can pick three games or six games. Six games I picked, cut it, pasted it, and then uh, said, "Look, we're fourth." Some Arsenal fans are going to hate that. Oh, I was right. Some absolute fucking morons hated it. And it's a shame they're not watching because I could tell them to go fuck themselves. But they really do not want to hear anything good, whether it's Xhaka going playing brilliantly at left-back, whether Xhaka's having a fantastic game next to party in midfield, whether Xhaka doesn't play and then we play terrible and then he comes back in and we play well again. Some people just do not want to... They don't ever want to be happy. That's, uh, that's I think hard it's to believe, isn't it? I, 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 I would yeah. say I, I haven't... I, I don't forgive him... Not that I don't forgive him, like I said. Hmm. Um, I haven't forgiven him enough uh, to want to put the armband back on him and I haven't forgiven him enough to want us to upgrade on him but I don't hate his guts or anything like that. Or like I say, he's, he's, I genuinely don't think that he, uh, he, he's doing, he's playing crap or he's, he's, he's makes these brainless farts on, no, these brain uh, farts on purpose or anything like that. You know, it's not his, it's a classic case of it's not his fault. He gets picked. It's not his fault that there's nobody else better than him in that role in the team. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say I, you know, I, I wouldn't go far as to, to want to give him a new contract and, and, uh, make him captain again, but you know, I, I, I don't, I don't hate him or, or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just looking at our feed of our show on our own Twitch channel on, uh, and it's not working. It only works oh. if I'm, if I mute it. 
How weird is that? <laughs> uh, David's put here the best midfield pairing that that's gotten us up to tenth. <laughs> that's kind of a yeah, good point. I think isn't there it? is the kind of inconsistency between when when has Thomas Partey been available as well. I think that's just the short answer to it. And I think there's always going to be. I think, mean, like you say, Arsenal fans are always going to be grumpy. Um, irrespective I think, let's put it that way if Saka doesn't get that knock and you're like don't play him are those people just as happy because Willian is our only available option and he's going to be the guy that starts for us I think we all know the uh, the short answer to that so I think yeah to kind of round it off on Granit Xhaka I think in terms of redemption story like I think he has redeemed himself to a point but again just because he shouts a lot and he was captain before. I don't think he should be becoming captain um, at the behest of Aubameyang. I don't think Aubameyang is the right starter either for us. But for me, I, I think we should be looking to get another figure in to be that captain. Okay, we'll talk about captains then before we move on to the strikers. But who would you have? Ooh, who is would it, I have is it obviously Tierney? But there again, oh, with Tierney I, constantly being injured, which it seems to be, he's on his, what, fourth, fifth injury since he's been with him. You wash your hands, Chris. Do you have any luck? Uh, I can confirm that was a false alarm. Oh, <laughs> there you go. So the gurgling uh, continues. I'll Fred, keep, I'll, 365 Fred or whatever it was. False alarm. I'll keep you all posted. When 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 movement occurs, I'll, I'll be sure to let you all know. Okay, lovely. And we're just talking um, about the the captain, and Joshua's going to say something very incisive about who should be our captain. I I like the idea of um, tyranny, but can we have a captain who's constantly injured? Uh, I mean, we've had plenty before. It's going to be my quick, (laughs) witty remark to, uh, can we have an injured captain? Uh, I would would not have Kieran Tierney as our captain. That's the kind of short of it. Yeah, he's, he's great in terms of his passion, and he's great in terms of what he can do for us, but I think he is still learning the ropes. He is not one that I think necessarily is from a captain. You want the advice off the field. You want the advice on the field as well. And I'm not sure Tierney fits that for us. I think there are better options potentially within our squad or just to bring someone else in. And in a couple of seasons time, you know, what what, Basuma or Lewis Dunk? Both. And Welbeck. I see you tweeting about him yesterday. Uh, you get over it. Soon, <laughs> and Welbeck. Oh, mm, I'm just sad about Danny Welbeck. He should just score more. That's his only problem so, in life. Let's stick to captains before we start but, talking about other stuff because mm. we're all over the shop. Richard, yeah. your, your thoughts on captain? Well, <clears throat> I can't remember who was the last captain that uh, immediately didn't leave us. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think or, or form went to shit. Um, I, I, the captaincy always feels cursed to me. Uh, we gave it to Tommy Vermarlin, uh, who, who looked amazing, and then the guy couldn't get fit. Same thing happened to Per. Same like I say. So I, I think we should give the captaincy to the furthest person from the thing. I think we should give it to Mohammed El Nene. <laughs> get the Egyptian, uh, the Egyptian pearl over the armband, and uh, good things will happen. That's unlike you to say that. Um, Chris, can you can you disagree with that? Um, I mean, I can never disagree with, with anything to do with Mohamed Anani. Who who could? But um, 
No, I, I, I mean, I would be tempted to go Tierney, but I do, I do definitely take Josh's point. You know, that there's the injury concern there. Um, I mean, I, I know it sounds a bit mean. I know it sounds a bit cruel, but basically, I would have anyone but Aubameyang. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I think most I just, of us agree. I just would, you know. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing against the guy. Like you know, he's a great personality to have in the dressing room, etc., and so on. But that doesn't necessarily make a good captain. And ask yourself this question: <clears throat> um, When we, uh, and I know it's a different era, but it's the same principle. When we got hammered, or when we were on a bad run, or when things were going well, what what did you hear from Patrick Vieira? Forgetting Tony Adams, but in the sort of semi-modern era, what did you hear from Patrick Vieira? Not much. See, I would it's disagree it. with that. No, I would I disagree with that. I can't remember. Yeah, see, that that's exactly my point. He would come out, he'd speak to the media, you know, he would give interviews, he'd be there to front up after matches. I haven't I haven't even heard from I think the last time I heard anything from from Aubameyang that wasn't to do with his, you know, his own personal life, which he's completely entitled to to, to you know, tweet or Instagram about. The last time he mentioned Arsenal in, in that was was on Sunday, where he's gutted that I can't be with the players. Fair enough, but you, you don't you don't hear from, hear from the guy. And if if I was a if I was work if I was working under him, you know, if think think of it like an office job, and he's your boss, doesn't really inspire you, does he? I mean, you know, it go it goes missing when things aren't going his way, late to bloody training and, and late to matches. Um, you know, signed a big contract and disappeared off the face of the earth. I mean, you know, as I say, I'm not saying he's not a good influence in the dressing room. He clearly is, and he's clearly very popular. But that isn't the credentials to have the armband, not and certainly not at this club. And I know the game's moved on. You don't have your your John Terry's, your Roy Keane's, and your Vieiras these days. I I get that. But what you do have is is inspirational leaders and players that that you know would you know fling themselves in front of a free kick in a wall you know that that type of personality um or you have a player who leads by example like a jack grealish for example he's a flair player but he inspires villa you know and he drives villa on by his performances and abamyang does when it suits him and when and he's one of those guys that when things are going well is brilliant but when things aren't going well which is arguably i think when you need a captain the most he tends to go a little bit missing for me. So that's that's where I would be looking at a, a Tierney and somebody who inspires by his his levels on the pitch. I don't think Hector's a captain. Um, I think Lacquer's a dressing room leader, but I don't think he's a captain. Uh, Jacker, we've we've been over. He's the closest you'd you'd get to an online an on-field captain, but as I said, I wouldn't go back there once bit and twice shy. And then you're looking at, you know, Leno. Not for me, you know. Doesn't inspire confidence for me. Um, I'm struggling beyond that. I, I, I and you wouldn't want to give it to like a, a sacker or any of that because it's too much pressure on a, on a kid of that age, you know. So I wouldn't mind us buying a captain, by the way. But that's that's probably a story for another day. What about Holding? Would Holding be on the shortlist? I think he's got to play every week first. For me but hasn't That's every history, every yeah. clean sheet you've had this season holding has been playing yeah but that, uh, in the but, Premier League but, yeah. but that means mm. in 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 Mikel land that means you get dropped that's how it works <laughs> yes Sorry, um, I didn't realize because once the game is over I stop watching because I'm not listening to them <laughs> bin dipping shit bags 
um, going on. So the, mo- the moment he blows that whistle, I turn it off and go and do something more important. So I didn't even know that Aubameyang wasn't coming out as the captain and talking like a captain did. Uh, I know Alan Davis was saying that the only time he's done it is when he scored the hat-trick, and that's mm. it. Exactly. Anyone else got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say a player that is very good that coming out after they make a mistake and fronting up to it in the media is David Luiz. But uh, on the flip side, we're probably not giving him the captain's armband. That's because he's so lovable, though. Yeah, I bet he gives really good hugs and smells nice. And he's got that, as he hugs you, he's going to dangle his hair in your face like that. And you're going to go, oh, stop it, cheeky. I bet he's just great. I don't know. I want him to stay forever. I'll make you manager. I don't care if he's a, it's just, he's the kind of bloke that's going to make, you know, when you've lost 6 0, and he's going to cheer everyone up. Tell him a story about his da- days playing futsal on the beach with Ronaldinho, whose real name was Ronaldo. Do you know that, Chris? Yeah, Ronaldinho's first name is Ronaldo. The Inhenio is fake, fake news. Josh, save me. Does, doesn't that Ronaldo mean it's for Ronaldo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Inhenio. <laughs> Did you yeah, see that Robert Perez was playing paddle with with the original Ronaldo today? Playing what? I did. I did when Chris tweeted it. Mm, yeah, there you go. Playing what? Paddle. It's like a racket sport. I thought it was uh... like squash. Oh, I see. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Richard watching, rocking some retro merch there. Lovely. Good. A decent badge. I'm glad to say. Don't know. Facing the right way. Cannon facing the right way. Out of time, right then. Should we move on to the next bit? We're going to talk about um, go no, I keep getting the wrong bloody button, don't I? Right, so the next section we're going to talk about are ah, the striker situation. Right, the notes I've got for this Obama Young has been off form all season, he's had a couple of decent games. Apart from that, he's been shocking, looking like a, uh, a child of a smacked ass. Lacazette works his ass off, uh, but sometimes it doesn't work. I don't really think it's his fault because. If anyone has given 100% every single game this season, it is him. Balogun's due to sign a new contract, but I don't think that he's going to be ready to come in and take over either of those two places next season. And Eddie is on his way out. Chris, you're a, you're a, you're a lover of the Lacazette like myself. Not only is he a good-looking bloke with a wonderful beard, I didn't realise he's going bald, though. That's, that's shocking <laughs> for me. Well, going and gone. Mm, Don't really look at Josh. He's, he's a denier. This is what happens when you uh, when you either support or play for Arsenal. You you lose all your. The worry kills us. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Were you going to ask me if? Were you going to ask me the obvious question? Yeah. Do I want him to stay? Uh, oh no, that's coming up later. We want them to stay. What do we do about it? Because at the moment, it's it's one. It's either both, and it doesn't work, or it's one or the other, and then it tends to work. We like like that video of Freddie that's going around saying he figured out in in December two thousand and nineteen you can't play them both because it leaves us defensively weak. Do you think maybe the days of Obama Young playing out wide left, or the one game he played out wide right, wide right this season was an absolute nightmare? So can we afford to have a £200 million front line of um, Lacazette, Bumming and Pepe and still not score goals? I mean, you definitely can't have that because if you're going to play them, then you, you have to score goals. I think you can play them both, but you can only play them both if you play a three back and you play two up front or or you go back to the 90s and you go 4-4-2, which you know, we're never going to do because Mikel is rigid and refuses to, to try anything new and definitely refuses to try anything that makes us remotely attacking. So, um, Hold on. So, wait there a sec. Wait there. Hold on. I'm going to get it. 
carry on. Opinion. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it, you know, it's true, isn't it? You know, he is he is very conservative by nature, um, all, all ribs I, aside. I think He's... what also doesn't help is that we're talking about the performance levels of a left winger that are 50% below what they were last season. I think in Lacazette... When? Well, Lacazette in, has... In Aubameyang, do you mean? Or? In Aubameyang. And mm. what what do we think the cause is to that? Because even last season, under Arteta, he was still a 20-plus goal a season striker. Right now, he's sitting on fewer goals than Lacazette. And he, whilst... he looks sad, doesn't he? Like, he look, he just looks pissed off, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, a player like... And, and one thing I, w- I would say is uh, we're not in a position to judge... Like we we don't know how this COVID stuff has affected players mentally. Like, you know, I know I know we sort of have a go at players and stuff, and, and you know, there's probably good justification as to why. But some players may have been affected by others. And he strikes me, Abamyang. He strikes me as a player who feeds off off a crowd. He feeds off the the atmosphere, and he feed and he feeds off the, the sort of the, the free flowing football. We we've not had either, you know. We've had no crowds for for every year, and yeah, okay, you could say his form was good initially without a crowd, but we were on a good run at that point, and 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 he was in very good form. But I feel like when he's out of form, he needs that little bit of extra motivation to to kick him on, uh, and he hasn't got that, and he and he just looks kind of cheesed off. You know, we mentioned that Leeds game; that was the last time I remember him smiling, really. So. <laughs> Something needs to happen in in terms of we either need to to shit or get off the pan. <laughs> Ironic, but um, you know we we either need to put our eggs in the basket and play them up front or not. I mean, I I, I would be playing Lacazette up front because I think he gives us more than Abamyang does at the, at the moment. You know, is is Abamyang a better goal scorer? Probably, yeah. But but does he do all the other things? that Lacazette does at the moment? No. And, you know, I know he missed a sitter last Thursday. I'm not even debating that. He absolutely did. But he's not the first one to miss a big chance. You know, again, see Aubameyang against Olympiacos. People have got short memories. Um, I just I just think there's, there's, there's a disconnect between him and Arteta. I think that's also clear. You know, I'm not saying they, they you know, I'm saying they've fallen out beyond all repair, but they, they're clearly, there's clearly a bit of side eye going on. Um, and I thought it was very pointed that he didn't come off the bench. Uh, and when was it that he brought? Because he, he brought on. Um, if was he because he was out with Flick, wasn't it? Wasn't there a game where he didn't bring him on? Wasn't that the North London derby? Was it the Spurs game? Because it obviously missed that mm. with the because of the lateness. I can't remember which one it was, but but yeah, it, he doesn't. It just strikes me that that Arteta is. Is has has an issue with him at the moment, and he's almost sort of trying to assert his authority. And it's almost like Aubameyang's going, "Well, yeah, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll still work and do my bit for the team, but I'm not going to be at full throttle until I'm sort of given a consistent run in the position I'm I'm good at." And you know, the manager has to take some responsibility because you are playing a centre forward ostensibly at left wing back. You know, and that that's just dumb. Like it, it's just silly. It, it's not it's not going to work. There's a difference between playing Saka there, who has played there in the past and is a very good defender, and playing a Bamyang there, where it just kills every part of his game that's good. So you know, same with Pepe playing on the wrong side. It it, it doesn't work. So you've got to play players in the right positions. But um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. It is a tough one. But 
I, I would be I would be starting Lacazette on Thursday personally. Um, you know, and the Bamiyang's been out with flu off flu at the weekend. You know, I'm not sure I buy that personally, but you know, it is what it is. See, that's the one thing I do buy about that that I really do think he was out with a flu of some degree. I think probably saying a cold, but you know, it's just easier yeah. to say flu. And yeah, maybe he was ill. I didn't see him in any of the training photos beforehand. So perhaps he has been off. And especially with all the things that have been going on outside of his life as well, perhaps he did need a couple of days off. And I think, yeah, it's just as likely that we've dropped him for, you know, kind of conspiracy reasons than him having a legitimate reason to not be there. I think there's more evidence that stacks up that it's legitimate that he didn't play at the weekend. And I think we always like a conspiracy, don't we? It's, Always it's, like it's alarming. It's alarming though, isn't it? I mean, Rich, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but the, the other thing I would say about Aubameyang is it's, <clears throat> it's not just his goal scoring. It, it's his whole, it's his all round game. His first touch has gone to shit. His movement has become completely static. He doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to have energy. Like he doesn't, something's something's not right and I, f- I feel like he's a player who desperately needs the end of the season to just sort of recharge and 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 go again like feels like he's a bit stale i don't know if you think that similar rich but uh yeah i do I mean, I, clearly there is something uh wrong with him in this oh, i say wrong with him as in not right as in the sense of like say he just <sighs> He looks. He looks unhappy. He looks languid. I mean, he was never. He was never massively like a high touch player and or uh, a, a very much a creative player. He was a player that got on the end of things and things like that. Um, I think. I think a lot of things have gone into this season and his form, particularly being an absolute um, shit show. Uh, you know. Uh, Arteta. I mean, look, I'm I'm not as down on Arteta as 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 a lot of people, but he did get things massively wrong with Art with Abamyang, trying to play Abamyang as a central striker, but as but with no support around him, no number ten, no midfielders around him, knocking balls up to him to try and get him to compete with six foot four centre backs. It's never going to happen. It's not his game. It was, you know, he did. We did the same with with Lacazette as well. I mean, at the start of the season, you know, tr- trying to play Lacazette, you know, coming and collecting the ball off the back four, and uh, you know, coming dropping into midfield. It's just we're not. We weren't playing to their strengths, and I think, you know, I think um, <clears throat> on the Tuesday club, I think Alan Davies like hinted at that that he's heard that of there's some. And I don't want to get into too much into it, but there's there are some very valid and real reasons why Abamyang's form has absolutely fallen off a cliff. Um, I agree with Chris. I, I think he needs this season to end. Um, I need uh, he needs to he needs to recharge his his, his batteries and uh, uh, and and try and almost kind of rediscover his love for the game because he's he's gone from a guy who has consistently I think hit over twenty goals to just absolutely like I said fallen off a cliff and it's just it's it's been alarming I think like I said I think one part of it I think it's a little bit from column A a little bit from column B I think his attitude and his 
you know, you know, his his demeanor hasn't helped. But I I don't think Arteta has has helped him uh, with how he um, he's played the 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 game with him. Um, you know, I know Danny mentioned about the the fact that said that post is it post Boxing Day. Like we're 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 in the I think it's, I don't know what position we, you said we was in I can't re- recall but it's, it's fairly high up in the table. But everything prior to that was when we didn't have uh, an, we didn't have Emil Smith Rowe we didn't have an Odegaard we didn't have anybody helping the attackers. You was asking the attackers to be that number ten to be that attacking midfielder and it was just it, it just absolutely did not work and i think it's badly affected um uh Bamiang's game i just yeah like i said i think he needs the needs the season to end and he needs to um needs to rediscover his lover of football because he looks very miserable at the minute do you think that he knows he's the star he is the the the, the shining light of this team that's the highest played the man we rely on and uh, much like Chris, he's sometimes a bit of a diva because he he's because uh, he rates himself. <laughs> I think he's, he's not. He goes off for a poo during a game and <laughs> expects to get away with it. Right. I, think, <laughs> I think it's the other thing that he's not just carrying Arsenal at the moment. If you look at his age, 32, how many national team tournaments has he got left in him, in his legs? And... Two. Well, possibly two, yeah. maybe, but for playing for a, Cup, are they? no, so I don't the, think so. The, the African Cup of Nations into, in twenty-two, and then yeah, will he make twenty-six? Possibly not. Exactly, and Gabon have just qualified for the African Cup of Nations, and I think that's probably taken a lot out of him in terms of. Do you think he carries Arsenal? But look at that Gabon side. I mean, can you name more than two other players for him? I can name one. And even exactly. that, I spell wrong. I can, I can name another one, and that's about it. And that's Lamina at um, Fulham, ex-Saints. That's the only other uh, Gabonese player I can name off the top of my head. So I think it shows you the quality that he's trying to get through into that. And I think that's probably taken a lot out of him as well. Uh, well, in the current Gabon side, there's 10 players that play in France. Chris gets a £1,000 for everyone he can name. Well, this is oh, he's gone. There. He's just gone Where's to he the gone? toilet. He's, oh, he's right. just gone to uh, drop the kids off at the pool. I like the way he turns his camera off. <laughs> let's, let's play him at his own game. I turned my camera <laughs> off so I could eat me dinner. <laughs> I thought your headache had got really bad. If you just sit no, there no, and no. wait in silence until he comes back. I mean, it'd be great for all the uh, listeners to listen to the podcast. I hope. Uh, oh yeah, I hope sorry, listeners. Uh, I'm yes. full cam on Chris because all we can see when Chris goes, he's left his his door open. He's gone down the stairs to the bathroom, <laughs> and all we can see is is the door handle shaking as he's gripping hold of something. I think there, there was you... no it was, there was no time for him to turn the camera off. He had to go otherwise. Well, I've got this down. waiting. I've changed every now. And I've got a new thing. I change our avatar. And so I've got everybody on here. I've even got one of Steve and one of Dave. There's the one of you, um, Richard. Uh, looking quite dashing there. Lovely. If you listen carefully, listener, really hard, you'll hear in the background <laughs> the silent hums of a kazoo orchestra emanating from uh, Chris's bathroom. <laughs> well, what uh, is it us, us British have got with toilet humour? The Americans don't get it, do they? Well, well they get a lot of stuff. Know. It's because we're going down the toilet in general. Uh, Should we Um, we move on to the other one? Because I think we covered Aubameyang. 
it's a death oh there was one other thing i wanted to do you brought up um matt roberts brought this up there you go that is for the for the people at home and on the toilet this is a tweet i did a a couple of weeks ago it's the front three of all the big premier league teams Uh, spurs at the bottom they paid 48 million pound for son kane and lamella um admittedly some of these i've tweaked it a bit because you're not always going to get these front three man united's is rashford cavani and martial 60 million Liverpool, Mane, Firmino, Salah, 105 million. Uh, Chelsea, Pulisic, Werner and Zayic. They don't always play together. They've usually got Giroud in there. 143 million. Uh, Man City have got Sterling, Aguero and Mahrez, 106 million. But Arsenal, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe, 194 million. Now, when I take this picture off the screen, I do not want to see anybody crying. But, oh, Richard, you've let us down. How do you get on, Chris? Win, lose or draw? For those of you who had 55 minutes, congratulations. We'll be sending you a prize <laughs> next week. Uh, Is it a bag of corn? <laughs> I feel I feel like a new man. You the, come uh, out of there like you had a stomach full of helium on tippy toes. Oh, you know, we, those, we did this when you were gone, Chris. Yeah. Is that the 83-84 green kit? Uh, it is, yes. Has it been signed? Mm-hmm. But not, not signed? by... Not not by, not by actual players. No, no, not by no. No, it was a get. Uh, hang on, hang on. It's very heavy, so very um, rare. It's worth a fortune. It is. I'll have to unplug. Hang on, two seconds. Uh, listeners at who, home, who, who would have been a... the signatures on that if he got it at the time? What would be John Samson, Hawley, Lee John Hawley, Rankin. <laughs> It's going to make brilliant podcasts, this, isn't it? For people, well, people listening at home, Chris has got a framed shirt behind him. I've asked him to pick it up. It's huge. And it is the 1983-84 away green shirt. And it's got loads of signatures on it. Who are the signatures, Chris? Are they the players? No. these. This was a gift to me uh, from the guys from the Pirates uh, in the – I'm just trying to see the plaque. He's uh, trying to lift this up, people, whilst keeping his headphones in. Oh, it's a replica shirt then. Yes. Ah, uh, because otherwise you should go to prison for that. Okay, sits so down the bottom of it. Chris Carpenter, manager. Thank you for all the seasons of from the Barbican Pirates. There you go. And all his teammates have signed it and they've put dated it. Half those fuckers have left now, haven't they? Uh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we technically don't have a club right now, so yeah. Um, it is That's a replica, very nice. but but I can confirm yeah. they do actually have the original. I know you do. Uh, it's it's away and and uh, it's it's actually in protective wrapping because it's very expensive. But yes, that is indeed that is indeed. Let's, the oh, Let's put Carl up and see what Carl thinks about it. I've changed the avatar to a picture of Carl. People at home on the toilet. Carl doesn't look happy, does he, Josh? Should we get on with it? Uh, Carl's wearing his sunglasses because I think he can see the uh, reflection off the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, where were we? Did you say we should move on to something? Any thoughts on on this? Yeah. Look, the fact that we spent 194 million is any of that misleading? Uh, yeah, I would say Kane came through their academy. Rashford came through their academy. Um, but on on money spent, and what, spent. What, and what, well, and what they get yeah, for their money is felt wrong. Um, well, it's felt wrong. Where, uh, Lamella. Lamella so, is yeah. spelled, There's only one it, L in Lamella. It's uh, spelled cunt. I was literally about to make the same um, joke. <laughs> yeah, Christmas. If you want to go for it. Yeah. Oh dear. So, uh, uh, yeah, we spent a lot of money, and not getting the money's worth is the point I was making. 
I think well, the... not only that, but it was it was spent so badly when you think like half of that came in the same season, Abamyang and Lacazette, like bizarrely, and then supposedly, if you believe the rumours, Pepe, the manager didn't want him when he was when he was bought. It's been our transfer policy has been so poor. Um, uh, yeah, the people who were involved in all of those transfers aren't at the club anymore. Mm. And I think that oh, yeah. might tell you as a as a damning thing because as much as people want to, and this is where I'm going to come to the defence of Edu, go our transfers have been shit. The number of transfers that have been associated to Edu or uh, seemingly you know put to him and his group aren't even responsible. People will go, oh, we spent 72 million on Pepe. Well, that's not under his regime. He's trying to fix it. Some mm. of the people that are coming in, there's plenty of. Uh, positive to see from that but yeah everybody involved in those transfers is no longer at the club and I think that tells you about the way that we had conducted business in the past and I think even going to having a Bamiang and Lacazette at the club generally has fucked over four managers for us because none of them that all of them had to compromise to try and get both of those guys into the team all of them and it resulted in Wenger getting the sack resulted in Emery, I think, ultimately moving away from his principles and being sacked. And Jumberg just, again, couldn't work it out. And we're seeing the same problems with Arteta. And finally, someone's going to bite the bullet, I think, and get rid of one of them. Because as great as they are, like Chris said, you've got to compromise on your systems. And we finally got a manager who is strong enough to say, no, as much as we don't might not like his football, it's what we've needed for a hell of a long time. And it shows the failings of the previous regimes that no one has said, no, I can't cope with these two players in there. They're amazing assets to have, but actually we're stronger generally without one of them because at least then you can concentrate on your efforts trying to get the other guy to be scoring the 20, 30 goals a season that you need. Because I think... And Chris, if we didn't have a Bamiang, Lacazette is fully capable of a 25, 30 goal a season go, isn't he? He was doing that at Lyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the problem, Josh. This this, this is the whole problem about Arsenal. <clears throat> if, if Arsenal is the way we're run at the moment and, and the way we're managed and just, and it's, this is not all on, on Mikel. So it, it, it's not, you know, I'm not just having a go at him run necessarily. This is the whole transfer policy, the ownership, everything. <clears throat> we're the sort of club that go out and buy a Lamborghini and we get it back home and we look at it and we go, Oh, that Lamborghini, that's, that's fucking mustard that. How can we improve that? <clears throat> I know what we'll do is we'll take the engine out. We'll put a Fiesta engine in. And we'll see if that works. And then we go, oh, do you know what? That That isn't really the thing, is it? So instead of taking the Fiesta engine back out and putting in the correct engine, we change the fucking wheels instead and expect the engine to work differently. And then that doesn't work. So we decide to put a spoiler on it just to see if that changes it. And what we get left with is just a mishmash of what we actually bought in completely the wrong situation. And it's the same with our players. You know, we, we buy a centre forward from Leon. And we play him as a number 10 or, or a, you know, a deep lying uh, attacking midfielder. You know, we very, very rarely deploy him as as exactly what you said at Leon. He's a poacher. You know, he was Francis Jeffers with talent. You know, that's that's 
that's what he did at Leon. He was a guy who would, yes, he could get the odd goal from outside the box. Yes, he could, he could, you know, work hard and create the play. But he he excelled at Leon because he had it in one one particular player, Nabil Fakir. And and when he joined Arsenal, he had Mesut Ozil. And and there's no coincidence that under that setup, he was our player of the year because he was brilliant that year. And, and a lot of that was coming from, from Ozil assists or Ozil second assists or feeding mm-hmm. through that midfield area. And we've, we're now doing the same with Aubameyang, you know, playing him out of position. There's nothing wrong with playing him wide left, but play him wide left. Don't play him as a left back. You know, don't buy Pepe, who's ostensibly a counter-attacking, uh, you know, a, a very talented counter-attacking speedy winger and play him on the wrong wing and play every style of football imaginable to not get the best out of him. You know, as I say, I just, it just boggles my mind. And this is why I never get too excited about transfers, because I want to see how we're going to use these players. You know, there is, I'm kind of a bit tired of assigning players that we think we can craft into something they're not. Buy the players for what they are and use them in the positions they're good in. We did it to Lucas Torreira, another one, you know. Brilliant defensive midfielder, mm-hmm. all action, runs around the midfield. What do we do? We, I think Emery tried to play him at 10 in one game. <clears throat> he was played sort of kind of a wide midfield. He was played at the base of a diamond. Like, just play the players in the positions where you bring them in. <clears throat> and I, I can't. I genuinely cannot think of any other club... I'm sure there are, but off the top of my head, I can't think of other clubs who play players so badly out of position. You know, Bayern Munich aren't going to play Joshua Kimmich at centre-forward. You know, they've got Lewandowski. They're not going to deploy Lewandowski, one of the best central central strikers in Europe, as a number 10. They put him in the positions where he excels and he scores goals. You know, and that, that's that's what frustrates me about us. You know, and, and, and one other thing, I'll, I'll leave at this before I continue on this rant, but... I, I I do think Mikel has got it in him to uh, to take the reins off. And somebody said in the chat, I think it was our good friend. Um, uh, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Oh, I'll have to find it. Uh, I, I think it was our friend Thunder Road anyway. But he said that he listened to my rant from a few months ago where I had notes and listed off all the stuff I'm not happy with. And nothing's really changed. You know, and, and I think I was saying it then. I was like, Mikel, just there you go. Let me put it on screen. Just take the reins off, you know? And and it, ironically, it's the same thing that's happening at Spurs, you know, where they're all pissed off because Mourinho just refuses to, to let them utilise their attacking forwards, you know, their attacking um, attacking play. And I just I just think that if Mikel just, just actually went, do you know what? We've got some really talented forward players here, in particular in, in Lacazette and Aubameyang and, and in Pepe. Uh, and Erdegaard and Smithrow and Saka. I mean, there's six players. Let them play and trust your defensive midfielders to do their job. You know, that that's... So, yeah, I know you asked me a question on Lacazette, but I had to kind of go off on that little tangent there. No, yeah, I, I think there's, there's some great points from there as well. And I think one of the things that you've mentioned is shoehorning players into positions. I think that's one of the upsides I've seen of... To quote, unquote, the new regime and the quote, unquote, the process is yeah. that the players we've seen come in have played in the positions that we expected them to play in. Yeah. So under Edu and Arthur said, we can moan about player X and player Y that was brought in, but they've come in and they've played that position. 
you know, yeah. he asked for a left-footed centre-back. Pablo Mari came in. He has played left centre-back. He asked for another one to come in. Gabriel has played there. Wanted a goalkeeper. We got we got a guy perhaps who didn't know what. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I think that, in that particular one, I would play him out of position because goalkeeper doesn't look like it is his position. Filler, but then we've got that. Right. We should have a look at him. You know, is that the one that enjoys a couple of pies after a game? That's the one. Still a better yeah. keeper than Leno, but anyway, move on. Oh, this, we've got a better keeper than Leno in our ranks if we want to play him. Tiny little Aussie guy. Oh, Let's yeah. Chuck him in the next once. Um, but yeah, he was right. another player that, yeah, we could uh, try. But that's one but one <clears throat> positive that I can see. And I think I've said it in, um, you know, oh, what's that? The, the biggest improvement we have seen by far and away from Arsenal this season has been off the field. Mm. We haven't, and it has been years since we have seen any kind of progress off the field because as we've just gone through it and Danny's just shown how badly we've done resourcing of the club and the people we've had there and we can blame the owners to an extent but they are also the same owners who have identified it and got rid of those people so they've got yeah. a bit like Granite Xhaka you know that if they've got a bad enough record you're never going to bring them through to redemption but you've also got to give them that faint praise of they have identified that the guys bringing those players in didn't necessarily have the right mindset to be bringing so those people would you, in. Would you say that is what the process is? When people ask the question mm. of, well, what is the process? What's the process? Mm. Trust the process. Mockingly say that. Would you say that that is the process of of trying to get rid of the players that you that you don't want in the squad and the players that have been brought in by the previous regime that don't fit, that don't think, mm. and that you're not going to see the 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 benefits of this process mm. until next season? Would you say? It's even even further than that. You know, Chelsea aren't a great club manager every two seasons. They're it's in the position they are because they've got a system and a process. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but they've got a process behind them that works. You know, they might have gone a bit dizzy in the summer and spent £250 million because it was lying around, but... Prior to that, it's because they've got a way that they want to play, a system that they've got in place, and it has worked well for them. You know, hoovering up the talent available to them in the under-21s league, sending them all out on loan, offsetting that for their financial fair play, bringing in those big players that are pushing them to league titles, Champions Leagues. We're looking to put in a process and... How many seasons have we moaned about it previously that we haven't dealt with the glaring issue? Even under Wenger, you could see the vast amount of dead wood that existed within our squads. Well, now someone is finally ripping that up and going, we're getting rid of these guys. Yeah, we might not like that Meza Oza, we had to cancel his contract because nobody else wanted him across Europe. The same goes for Squadron Mustafi. Socrates, we might not like it. But you know what? We've got to get rid of these kind of people at the moment. And the fact we've got two people at the club in important footballing positions setting our stall out is a bit like, well, if we hadn't left it so long, we could probably have done this whilst being competitive on the field. But we've left it so long that we've got this problem. And 
that's where we're at. And I can't see anybody out there, any real tangible reason for them to hate Edu for the job he's done at the moment and find much to so harshly and hypercritically be so hypercritical of him. And if I mean, they can what, bring tangible reasons Ed, to me, I'll happily listen. Edu brought in Party, one of the best midfielders in the world. Just think what how Arsenal fans would have been if a Young would have gone. They'd have got Edu didn't get him to sign a new deal. He needs his head cutting off and ch- chopping in the bin and putting a cabbage in the place. It's a, it's a, sometimes with Arsenal, you can't do right for doing wrong or can't do wrong for one of those. One of those sayings was right and one of them was wrong. <laughs> I'm much like Edu. I can't get anything right according to how you look at it. <laughs> Um, well, what else were we going to talk about? Okay, just one, um, other, one other really oh. quick thing, just just to tack on the end of that. Mm. When you come out as Vinay has done, as Edu has done, as Arteta has done, when you come out with sound bites like the process, the project, you know, the long term, how many? Josh will know this better than anyone. How many England managers have come out with that? You know, golden generation. When you come out with statements like that you got to back them up because if you don't, those those statements are just going to continually be recycled and other clubs are going to go, ha, the process. And now even we're mocking our own statements. You know, if you haven't got a process, just stay quiet. You know, don't say anything. Just do your business and let your football do the talking. Don't come out with this these buzz phrases if you can't actually then back it up in the boardroom or in the transfer market. Well, it was old Don Raul, wasn't it, with his Rolodex? Of contacts, yeah. and we so we finally realised that his Rolodex involved uh, a bulk order of brown envelopes from Staples, mm. and that's all we really kind of got from it. And I think that's why we've got this kind of underlying ridicule of any soundbite that comes out from our board because it has been. Um, and I don't want to kind of go tiring, but it's a very corporate, some might say, Americanized buzzwords that are coming out from our boardroom. But you know what? We finally got two guys with a pair of bollocks to actually work their way through it. And we're seeing that we're clearing down the decks. And you can see from when it started with Josh Cronkey, the stuff that he was saying, we are seeing the fruits of that work. Unfortunately, at that side in the back room, you've only got two times every year to show what you can do in the two transfer windows. Outside of that, we don't see anything that happens. So we can continue and forget. As you say, people got short memories. They forget how ecstatic we were with the number of people that we got rid of Jan- in January. It was hallelujahs. And, and that summer that summer window was, that summer break was what, about two, three weeks or something like that? Because of COVID? That, that's the, again, I, 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 I probably sound like an absolute like Arteta apologist. Um, but I do think there's there's massive caveats to some of the criticism, um, like because I've seen you know that the 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 because now he's reached I think the same amount of games as 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 Emery, uh, and I saw like the Obinio had put out a stat of the the points per games uh, and like the record that Arteta has over fifty one games to the uh, record that Emery had over. Um, uh, 51 games and whereas I, I I think maybe Emery was maybe uh, not not that he wasn't out like not he's not he's obviously a very good manager at, at Emery um, he was not as clueless as made out kind of thing but the team that 
Emery inherited and the situation that Emery inherited was very different to what Arteta has um, has inherited. Um, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I think Arteta has made some utter, utter balls ups this year. Um, is he is he going for another another trip to the lab? <laughs> uh, my love for Arteta has uh, has, has set his belly a, a quiver. Um, you know there are some like massive caveats to to um, our, our this season alone, and he has he has got some massive things wrong. You know f- for me, I, I think that the, the constantly trying to make William happen. As, as you know, I think it's been a failing of his. I think the um, the treatment of Saliba just has been absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, a thirty thirty um, odd. How is he like twenty seven million? We paid for him or something silly like that. I can't remember how how, how much it is and to just like to seemingly ostracise him and and not start him like not even give him a chance seemingly I think was a is is another thing to 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 put on Arteta's head um, you know the fact that he he's you know and even if to a certain extent I did agree with him uh, with with the treatment uh, with with not having Ozil in the squad and stuff like that. You know, biting off to his nose to spite his face in not having a creative midfielder for for half the season, which has really, uh, you know, <clears throat> really hurt us pre pre uh, pre Christmas. But I do think there's green shoots there, and I I I would I would say that, and I think I've said it on the previous pod. I think that I think there is a process uh, that is happening. I I don't just think it is a buzzword. I think it is. I think he has Arteta when he came in has had a very different remit to say what Emery um, uh, had. I think Emery was come in and, and quickly gets into the Champions League as fast as you can. Whereas I I think there is a process, like you said, and most of that work is being done off the field. Um, yeah, that's just my little rant. But um, yeah, hope hope you're okay, Chris. Can confirm that uh, round two is complete. <laughs> I, uh, it takes me longer than I make my fucking mind up. Right, I'm, I'm uh, losing stones by the by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, right, uh, quick one here. If we had offers for Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Pepe, who would you want them? Who would you want to go, Josh? I'd, I'd uh, personally, Aubameyang and Pepe. I'd get rid of. I don't care. Oh, the offers, money doesn't matter. If offers came in for them, uh, yeah. all three. All three. Oh, you're watch I would be happy. I would be happy to see all three of them go, based on what I've just said at the moment. That I trust us to find decent replacements. With all this the scouts gone, this isn't like well, you say it all the scouts have gone. Manager. Exactly. Most teams get people by data now, and uh-huh. they're all going to have to watch them remotely. You don't need the size of scouting team. I think people have kind of forgotten how bloated Arsenal were in terms of how big every side was. We didn't get rid of every one of our scouts. We culled the bloat, the fat. We we were too big for what we needed to be done. We just didn't modernise. And some of that you can push all the way back. If your name is Alan Algar, you can go all the way back to Wenger and blame it on that because we didn't modernise quickly enough. But I think we're just... I'd be happy to see any of that kind of group go because currently I trust what's coming through the academy 
And also there's plenty of attacking talent that is very exciting across Europe that is still gettable for us to replace all three of them, to be honest. But I think... Don't leave, don't breathe, Josh, because then I think you speaking. I was going to say, the only one, the one I think we'd miss the most if they left would be Lacazette. Ah, similar to my point there. Richard, what do you reckon? Uh, well, sorry to be, but I agree wholeheartedly with, uh, with, with Josh. I don't think I can put it any, any, any better than him. I think it was Dora. very succinct. You can't come uh, up there. I, <laughs> I guess <laughs> no any any of them like i said if, if a decent offer come in i would um uh i would uh i would take you know th- you know with with these players we're what are we night for whatever it is so you know if, if 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 decent money and decent offer came in with any of them i would i would take them and, and, and reinvest so I, I do think we've got a very exciting um academy um i'm i'm dying to see aziz uh, uh breakthrough to the to the first team um i i i think we could have a player on our hands with that kid um but yeah like i said it's 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 i'm i'm not wedded to to any of those players i don't know about you chris i i mean i wouldn't be selling any of the three this summer personally if if i had the choice just because i think i think i think we've i think we've got a, a season of all three left in them um at least pepe potentially longer but uh, it just all depends on the market doesn't it like i hate to be a fence sitter but it really depends on the market uh what sort of players people are looking for what kind of contracts are on the table um that striker merry-go-round is going to be very interesting across europe yeah it is and and you know and and i wouldn't blame particularly lacquer I wouldn't blame him for sitting tight saying, you know, I, I want a three-year deal. I wouldn't blame him at all. But it's up to us to find a happy medium. I, I I have a suspicion if we offered him one plus one, he would take it. But it's whether we would be prepared to offer him that kind of deal. Um, and the, the, the problem, I think the problem the club and Mikel are going to have now with negotiations, if they want to keep some players on short-term deals, is as soon as they go into negotiations, <clears throat> the first thing, the first name they're going to bring up is William. And they're going to say, well, okay, so you're you're prepared to give me a one-year deal, but yet you were prepared to sign a 32-year-old on a three-year deal on very high wages, by the way. And he's massively underperformed, by the way. Whereas, you know, whatever criticism you want to level at Lacazette, yes, he's underperformed this season, but he's also performed at times this season. You know, it's not been a stellar season, but he, he's contributed a lot, over, particularly over the over recent months. So, yeah, that that there's a lot of wiggle room in terms of negotiations for these players and uh yeah i i don't i don't think this window is a good selling window at all i think you try and bring in the right players and you build around them and you know i think uh, eddie's probably going to go isn't he so that leaves one striker spot which i'm guessing is going to be taken by balogun if that happens um don't know i th- I, I mean I, I i could see balogun going on loan first of all I think because he he'll need to play regularly, which he won't do straight away. But then there's talk of it's an odd one, isn't there? So it's going to be an interesting summer. But I think we need to, I think we need to be retaining rather than uh, rather than selling too many. Um, but we do have decisions to make on a few of the loan players. And, and let's not forget what Mustafi was. Uh, he was let go, wasn't he? But Kalasnach is on loan, isn't he? 
He so is, unfortunately, for everybody involved. So we've got that to deal with. Um, <laughs> plus, plus the likes of Gendouzi and, and Terrera and, and a few others that are uh, youngsters that are under contract. So, yeah, it's going to be... Do you, do you guys think Bellerin will be off in the summer? Yeah. Yeah. Just feels like a natural parting of the ways, doesn't it? I wouldn't sell him. But I sort of feel like, you know, he hasn't played as much recent weeks. Things have gone very quiet. And he strikes me as the sort of guy who would probably quite like to experience Europe and play, you know, play somewhere else. He's quite a culture vulture, isn't he? So um, it feels like a natural time. But if you're going to sell him, I mean, you I mean, you need to have a good bid in for your replacement. I mean, Lampsy's the obvious choice, I'm sure Josh would tell you, but... Nope, Lamptey <laughs> no. is not the obvious choice. He's a right wing back. He's a completely different player. Well, um, yeah, but what I mean yeah. is, if, if if we were to mm. to use him in the way we use Tierney on the other side, mm. but um, Be interesting. yeah, yeah, I, I I just yeah, I just think it feels like a natural time. And I know like Love Rami's put in the chat, you mm. know, man says he wouldn't sell Bellerin. I wouldn't because I think he I think he's got a lot of unnecessary criticism. Um, is is he is he elite level? No. But I don't think he's been anywhere near as bad as some people seem to think. Yeah, yeah I agree. Ah, right. Um, again, clicking on the wrong window. Uh, where were we at? Uh, the fullback situation, which we just started to cover. Um, what do we do about left back? Because it looks like tyranny Buy isn't. One. Go- <laughs> <laughs> looks like yeah. tyranny isn't going to be able to do it all every game all the way through the season, which is what we we need a player to do. And we've got um, Cedric who can cover at both fullbacks, and then we've got the thing at the three situations, it's like the three jobs a, a right back can do. You can be a right wing back, which would be um, Cedric. You can be a right wing back and a right back like Bellerin, or you can be a defensive right back, which it seems to be what, what Chambers was doing. Anyone got any thoughts on, do, we don't need three, do we? But we do need someone to cover at left back. What's, um, what's Armand Traore's phone number? Anyone know? Maybe he's an option. <laughs> yeah. Pizza in North London. Yeah, yeah, or, or maybe maybe Gail Clichy is still knocking around, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. We, we need to we need to sign someone, but it, it's the it's it's the problem of you're signing somebody to to be cover, aren't you? Like, how do you sell that to a left back? I, I think you have to go young. You have to try and get somebody yeah. in who's who's like you know either was sort of nineteen to twenty two, and you say to them, look, yes, we're not going to bullshit you. Quarantini is ahead of you in the packing order, but if you play well, you'll get games. You'll get a lot of European games. Well, <laughs> I say that you probably won't get any European games next season. But you'll, no, you'll get, you got the you got the UO into Toto Cup. Yeah, mm. yeah, and you get the sure, charity. Surely there's there's like a, a a young left back from the Championship. A bit like didn't Bayern uh, buy that? Um, is it Omar Richards from? Yeah. On a free from, transfer, free transfer. Yeah, they love from a Reading. free transfer, don't they? Yeah. But like, surely there's someone down at that level mm. that could be an understudy, and like you said, get the experience in the if we're you know if we're in the Europa League or whatever next season or the League Cup and stuff like that. Um, and you know, as Danny said, Tierney's not going to be able to play every single game. Um, Stan has it. Kalasnas is back next season. <laughs> God. Oh mate, he is yeah. far from the answer. Bless him. Um, yeah. Oh, I, Get, get the corporal back. Let's yeah, see, see what happens. But um, yeah, I, I agree, with Chris. Buy one. Just, just, just buy because I don't think we got it. Joel Lopez is the is the young lad. Yeah, according to like um, right George Bird, he's nowhere near ready. Is he actually a left back or is he a right back? He's a left yeah, back. Yeah, I suppose he's a left back. He's a left back. Mm. But if he's not ready, then 
Yeah. I mean, and even even if you go abroad, I mean, you know, you, you can go to any of the big four leagues or, or somewhere like Portugal. Or I wonder if we're going to be quite active in the South American market with Edu's contacts mm. this year. I wonder if that may be the route we go down because South American fullbacks traditionally are attacking and can't defend for Toffee, which sounds like exactly the sort of left back we'll go for. Mm. Maybe Andre Santos will come back. Maybe that's <laughs> where we're going to go. But uh, but no, I, I wonder if, yeah, sort of fullbacks are the way maybe a South American option is is where we go, maybe. I don't know. But Josh is your man for championship left backs, I would suggest. Yeah, and Tom was doing a show today about another young bloke called Martinelli from Brazil. Now, I didn't watch all of it to see uh, what position he played in, but it's another play we've been linked to. But He's a, you know, he's a forward uh, from Fluminense. A new uh, FC with a name like I was, that. I was talking about him uh, yesterday on Twitter DMs. So, yeah, he looks like an interesting prospect. But, again, we're not always going to get so lucky bringing people straight out of the Brazilian league. Uh, the same with... Uh, I think City are going after someone straight out of Brazil. We've seen Gabriel Jesus. Not every single one of them is going to be a hit. That's the only thing. There is going to be risks. There's plenty, I'd say, in the championship. The big thing is, though, and kind of like Chris is saying, is they're all going to be backups. All of them are going to be back- backups for them. And that's a bit of a problem. because um, big, big problem. Yeah, because if, if you're early 20s, and you're smashing it in the championship and Arsenal come along, chances are someone like an Aston Villa is also going to be along and they're going to offer you their first team spot at left back instead. And it's the question of on your development. We've seen a lot of English players now finally realise that game time is better than the stature of the club you're currently at because you'll get to that club in the end. You've seen it. We've already mentioned Lamptey. He's on Chelsea's books, realised he was never going to get game for them because they'll just buy a new right back instead yeah. of try him out. So he left and he got game time at Brighton. And you wouldn't say on the face of it, Matt Target is a play, player you would have gone straight out of, straight for. But he starts every week for, for Villa, the Matty Cash at right back. But those players, when you look at it in championship, they'll look at it and go, I could probably get into one of those sides and spend a couple of years there and then I'll be first choice for an Arsenal or for an Liverpool. But then the alternative is you go down the Stefan Licksteiner route, isn't it? You go we, down we've the been experience. Like this before, right. haven't we? Exactly. And that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, we spent three or four seasons trying to find a perfectly good backup for Bellerin and we failed until now. And now mm. we want to get rid of Bellerin. We'll, we'll, we'll end up taking like Marcelo from Real Madrid, won't we? Because we seem to like buying Real Madrid castoffs. Uh, you know, a player that's out of his, uh, out, out of his, not out of his depth, but 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 full, fullbacks are difficult. I mean, Bayern Munich went and bought um, Bunasar, who who wasn't even getting in the Marseille team. And anyone that's watched Marseille will tell you that's kind of funny, uh, because they're an absolute car crash. So and they and they went and bought him because they wanted cover at right back. Really? And they got cover at right back. You know, ben- Benjamin Pavard is is their uh, is their wonderfully talented French right back. Um, but yeah, they they bought Sarah's as a fullback, and I think Sarah's only I think he's twenty four, twenty five. Mm-hmm. He knows he's second choice, but he's got the opportunity to join Bayern Munich, so he went. So may, you know, maybe we've still got that pull, but I don't think we'll have that pull if we're not in Europe, not for players like that. I also think, do you, do you think that, like I said, you, the pull along with the fact that 
you you're not going to be there's a very good chance that you'll you'll get game time because of Kieran Tierney's uh fragility shall we say do you know what i mean um that 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 could be another bit of a uh of a selling point i i personally i think like i said we, we've been burnt by the the lichsteiner what is going on at danny's house holy smoke <laughs> um we have been uh, we've been burnt um with the with the lichsteiners the the you know the 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 pensioners kind of thing even though from what i've what i've heard he was he was actually really good around the the the, yeah. the dressing room and 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 teaching uh, and helping um, Bellerin uh, come on yeah. uh, kind of thing. Um, he just unfortunately his legs would he would had carked it by the time he'd, he'd come to us. Yeah. Um, I, I I personally I would I would look um, younger down the, the down the championship for for our left back. I think I think the the the, the pull. Coupled with the fact that you that you're definitely going to get some game, you might not be starting every single game, but there's a big possibility that you could get game time at Arsenal, who always seem to have um, have injuries. I've seen a lot of people in the chat talking about some of the, Lloyd Kelly. Is he the mm. uh, lad Bristol at Bournemouth? Mm. Is it a bottle of Bournemouth? Sorry, not Bristol. City. Yeah, yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah. And, and Max and- Aaron's. If I get it right, he's the right back. For, yeah, I'm assuming we're we're I'm assuming the chat box has moved to signing right backs at the same time because <laughs> I've seen him coming up and I'm going. No, it was Lewis, they're, who's at uh, uh, Newcastle. Who's there? They're just back. doing the Arsenal thing of signing a player that we in a position we don't need it to convert him into a player into a position we oh, do. Perfect. But, but we, but the other thing as well is we um <clears throat> we when, when we signed Kieran Tierney, if I'm not mistaken, Kolasinac was our first choice left back at the time. Mm. I mean, Kieran Tierney joined. Uh, because he backed himself to get in the head of Kolasinac and he took his place. I'm, yes, I'm not saying is shit, though. I mean, yeah, I agree, <laughs> but, he is, but he is also an international, you know, an mm. international level left back who's played in Germany and played at, at the top level. I mean, yes, I agree. Based upon his Arsenal performances, he wasn't the greatest, but he was still an established first team player at Arsenal at an international club, having been under two different managers and was playing oh, every yeah. week. Um, and Tierney came in and went, well, fuck that, I'll back myself, I'll get in this team. So you kind of also, we, I wouldn't be against us signing an established fullback who says, well, you know, I quite like the challenge. You know, it, it, it's a very fine line, isn't there? Um, I wouldn't be against, like, a, like PSG went out and got Juan Bonat a few years ago. That type of signing would be fine. You know, he's not, he's not past it, but he's at that age where he's only going to give you two or three years. That would be fine. So I think if if you if you can sign somebody who's sort of 27, 28, who you know is happy to come in and and do a job, um, Monreal basically, you know that mm. kind of a player. Um, but again, it's 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 how it's how the club and the manager sell the project to them, isn't it? Or the process, I should say. <laughs> right. Next thing we should uh, cover again towards uh, I've DM'd the listeners' questions to our whoever wants to do them in our in our um, Twitter DM group. Um, what happens if we get knocked? Uh, we've done the injury thing, yeah. What happens if we get knocked out on Thursday? Should Arteta go? Can Edu take any of the blame? Is it easy just to blame Cronky? Um, Richard, you start off with that, and I'm going to sit back here and talk to my cats. Um. So okay, go through this one by one. So it should if we get knocked out, should Arteta uh, get the sack? Um, 
Oh God, I I'd still say no. My default position is no, and I I I get that I probably sound like a madman because oh, uh, being being tenth in the league is completely unacceptable for the club. Um, uh, you know, being out of every composition is is unacceptable for the club. I I completely I completely not get that. Um, I, st- I don't think he'd have, because of this, again, I'm going to say it, and I know everyone's going to scream me in the chat box, that the the, the project, the process that we, he, he guess he's trying to do. I would personally say if it was, if we'd got to um, uh, uh, Christmas or, um, you know, this time next next season, and obviously things are, are, haven't significantly improved, then he needs to be given uh, the bullet, and he needs to um, he needs to get uh, uh, get the old Spanish archer. Um, uh, himself, to him. yeah. Um, <laughs> get an arrow, uh, shoot it in the air, done it himself. Save money on hiring someone. Uh, <laughs> Edu again. Uh, I would I would say uh, again. You have to, to judge him on this window uh, the coming up as as well. This summer window. What we do in this business. Um, because uh, I, I want to see what him and Arteta do with this window. I know again, it's a, it's another and a, a trunk, not truncated window, but you know you've got the Euros and stuff um, in it, which is always kind of compl- complicates things a, a little bit uh, with the summer transfer window. But they've actually got a pre-season to do transfers and get the team ready. I, I you know, I think a big chunk because we've been so shit this year big chunk of our our players probably might not make it to the euros kind of thing um you know i think what bar bar who what saka and and and, and so forth is it, um so yeah so I, I i again i i think this time next year if we haven't seen significant improvements then i would be calling for both of them to 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 get um to get gone i mean like i said i i I can understand why people would want it now because like i said we are 10th uh, or 9th whatever it is and it's you know pre pre christmas it was a shit show um and it still is a little bit kind of thing but no no i would still i'm still in the uh the 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 trust the process uh side of the whole thing yeah, for want of a better phrase. But I don't get me wrong, I get it. I get why people are annoyed. <laughs> I get why people don't think it. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. Oh, now he's offside. Now he's offside. Uh, no, I, I thought Chris was just really happy that I was uh, I was seeing things from you. Were his trusting the process. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I, I, that's what I clearly thought. Phil Macker makes a good question, uh, a good point here on on YouTube. He says Arteta has a buy for the COVID season as football is broken unless we snow dive down the league. So I thought I'd have a quick look, Josh. This season, Premier League has, yeah. teams have, have sacked three managers. The last season, three. it was top, yeah. seven. Season before that, it was six. Season before that, it was ten. Maybe would, most of the uh, other clubs are looking at this season as, as just a write-off and there's no point sacking anyone. I'd caveat that, that in those two seasons prior, Watford were a team in the Premier League. I think they went through six <laughs> managers in that time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, in seriousness, yeah, teams have been a lot slower and have kind of sat back in terms of what they're doing in the managerial situation. I remember earlier in the season, good strong loud majority of the brighton fan base wanted graham potter sacked 
because of the job that he was doing there. Just not picking up points. Yeah, played good football, but it didn't lead to results. Wanted him gone. And I think it's the same for everybody that's been hovering around that side. I know uh, what's going on with Newcastle. They're always, you know, a, uh, a bag of uh, whatever you say, dicks, shite. spanners, bag of shite, whatever's going on there as well. You know, Mike Ashley doesn't get rid of Steve Bruce for a while whilst it's still funny for him to see a load of Geordies just going fucking mental every week. Um, mental he, he doesn't want to get rid of him because he doesn't want to have to pay him off. No. Exactly. And I think there's there's a lot of managers you can't see. You know, Roy Hodgson, if Palace were having a bad season, they'll just wait because he's out of contract at the end of the season. They'll just bring someone new in at that point. I think the way the season has set up, it kind of makes sense and not many changes have been made. But then we're talking about the three the three managers that have left are all from the sides that well, came, well, uh, other than Leeds. It's the two sides that came up. Oh, dear. He's got you, I had to scroll oh, up no. to see who Steve Wright was. Then I remember he thinks you're Steve Wright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheeky uh, Bill. No. Uh, yeah, so you've got Fulham and West Brom. Super fleet. Paying with sports direct vouchers. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. You can get an old Xbox from a uh, game while he's at it. He can have he can have a Debenham shop while he's at it. And they own Debenhams now. Yeah, okay. can have some yeah, of that. Give him one of those massive mugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fill it full of gravy to the brim, and Steve Bruce will be happy for days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think there's just a lot of because it's so congested. No one really knows what to do right now. It's only us that have kind of fallen so far down. Spurs as well having an awful season but for me i'm kind of at the sense of i'd like to see arteta at least get one pre-season i feel sorry for the guy and that we've got a guy coming straight into his first like manager role and he's not had six weeks with a team to distill his ideas and really just kind of fulfill that and i think at the moment I could have blamed his previous, well, he's been in 51 games, probably 30 games of that. You could blame on the fact that our squad was too bloated, full of players who didn't want to be there and a mentality that brought the whole side down. He hasn't had that now. We got rid of he's most of those in January. I do largely agree with that, but mm. you, you, do, you do also have to mention the words Thomas and Tuchel. He's transformed yeah. Chelsea in six weeks, you know, and I their mean, squad is not, uh, it, don't get me wrong, their yeah. squad is better than ours, but it's not, mm. it's not littered with, you know, firing international players, is it really? And like not. I mean, he's stopped them from conceding, but uh, <clears throat> yes. it's the same Chelsea that just lost 5-2 to, uh, to, to West Brom during the week, uh, last mm, week. And, and, yeah, they lost to West yeah. Brom 5-2. Freak result, but yeah, I, I mm. take your point. Yeah. I think in West general, Brom, they've... Southampton 3-0, they're on a roll. He still can't get Timo Werner firing as well. And I think that's another... I think if, well, that's the thing, kind of thing that if if it was Arteta in there, then you'd be like, well, of course, you know, he's an experienced manager. I think that's where you look at someone like Aubameyang as well, is that both these player people have struggled trying to get a player that sensibly has been playing on the left wing, cutting into their right foot and is great in a counter-attack, struggling to score this season. I think whether or not it's a wider issue around that. But 
I don't know. Really, it's tough on what to do was, with the artist situation because it's a case of I don't want to say who do you bring in because I'm sure people could reel off a load of names. I know the only thing I do know is the answer isn't Graham Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Oh, go on, Chris. Sorry, no, 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 carry on. I'll come in after you. I was just looking at the players that, that Chelsea have bought and they spent an absolute mm. bloody fortune on. Um, you've got Christian Pulisic, who they paid uh, £58 million for. He scored... Uh, no, not that one. Timo Werner. Oh, there you go, Timo Werner. He scored 34 goals last season in all competitions for Leipzig. This season, he's got 10 for Chelsea after spending... How much did they spend on him? Uh, £50 million quid. And then you've got uh, Pulisic as well. He's not scoring many goals. Just going to have a look how much. And he's, he's, he's scored four goals this season, Pulisic. He's meant to be the, the next great American hope, isn't he? I mean, he's got 15 in 36 for, for the USA. So it's not just Obama Young not scoring goals. There's loads of players. I mean, look, at that's been the pro- part of the problem. What happened to the screen? I don't know. Rich, Rich <laughs> has dropped out. Rich, Rich oh, dropped, dropped out for a second, yeah. Ah, yeah. Um, that was part of Liverpool's problem, wasn't it? How many games? They lost six home games in a row. And then you look at the fact that Mane and Salah and Firmino, they all went through a dry spell. It's just like someone was saying earlier in the chat, this whole season, there's so many odd things going on. And I don't think it's fair to judge any manager until the season is back, uh, the next season when everything's back to normal, which is what you were kind of hinting at, Josh. Yeah, and again, there's another one for you there. Mane, another left winger who has just not turned up this season. If you look at his goal scoring, he's got three goals since Christmas mm. in all competitions. There's something odd about left wingers, I think, this season and their just inability to turn up. But Chris, yeah, was you, you had a point on Arteta as well, and yeah, no, I, I just I might surprise a few here, but I I, I do agree with Rich. To be honest, uh, you know, I I am I am quite Retire. down. Yeah, I, I am quite down on 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 you know Mikel's ways, and I I do think he's got a lot of learning to do. And I still maintain that no manager or coach should be at Arsenal and learning on the job. They just shouldn't. Like you know, I, and I know that every every club says oh, we're a big club, and you know everybody says that, but we are statistically. Uh, financially you know size of the stadium location we're a massive club and and we should not be having a, an inter not an interim a um uh, apprentice style coach you know somebody who's in there learning on the job we, we should have had the finished article and brought Arteta in under his wing if anything you know that that would have been how I would have gone it if you wanted him on the coaching staff <clears throat> but that said um I, I, I'm not so sure I agree on with Josh on on the preseason point, but I do agree on the longevity point, and I I do think tomorrow uh, tomorrow Thursday is massive, and I what I would say is I don't think I want you know, I don't I, I don't think it's fair to want him sacked, but what I do think is very very serious questions have to be asked of him, like no no fucking about here if we lose that tie. To, and, and again, don't get me wrong, Slavia Prague are no mugs. They're, they're a decent outfit. But we should be getting to that final. I said it when we qualified against um, Olympiakos. And when I looked at that draw and I said, there is no excuse now. Arsenal should be in that final. We just should be. There, there should be no excuse. And yeah, we'll probably lose to Man United on penalties. It's written in the stars. But we should be getting to the final as a minimum. That's a minimum requirement. 
And and the fact that we have spectacularly pissed the league position away, um, you know, whether that's individual errors or coaching or whatever it is, we still pissed it away. We we sh- we would have to be asking very serious questions because we're putting the faith in a man who ultimately has, whether you like it or not, less less points than Emre. Football has been debatable at best. You know, I haven't enjoyed watching us very often for quite a while, if I'm completely honest. And some of the signings have been great and others have really not been great. So there's a very, very fine balance between what he's done well and what he hasn't done well. And and his man management as well is something that, you know, he needs to learn that very quickly. He needs to stop being so principled and, um, and actually give players an opportunity and, you know, as you said, Josh, discipline was needed at this club badly, 100%, but not if it means sacrificing players and not if it means sending arguably your best defender back to France to play his way into probably a move to a bigger club in the summer. Um, not if it means shipping out a player who was clearly influenced by other players um, and is also now the captain of France under 21s. So he's so badly disciplined that he's been made captain of the under 21s. We all know who I'm talking about there. So, you know, I, ju- I just, I, I say, I agree with Rich. I, th- I think you stick with him, but massive questions need to be asked and transfer policy needs to be th- thought about very carefully if we don't get through that tie. And in my opinion, if we don't get to the final, if we lose it, fair enough. Anyone can lose a one-off final. That's that's the way it is. But, but we, should, we should be getting to the final in this competition now. We just should be. Yeah, I just wonder how the club show that they're putting pressure on Arteta because I think that's the thing that we, especially without a crowd being in place at the moment Mm. at the stadium, you can't see any tangible way of the club because clubs don't tend to come out and say that, yeah, we, there is pressure on the manager. And I think whether or not that should be something that happens in the, maybe post season just comes out and it's stated that, Look at the cat. What's he doing? He's he's just been for a shit. So he's now on turbo sprint around the flat like an idiot mode. He's a fucking tool. I love him. He's a tool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So where was I before the the turbo shit for the cat? No, it's Danny's fault. Not mine. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So just in terms of I've completely lost my train of thought. Cheers, Danny. (laughs) So putting pressure, putting pressure on Imagine. I think. Uh, yes, it's either Edu and it's Vinay coming out, I think, at the end of the season. And it's for them to really set the stool out for next season and just and then, go. And that gives us an idea. If they say that this season is acceptable in the current position we're in, not making a final, finishing mid-table, then, yeah, uh, I think that gives us an idea of the pressure that's on Mikel. If they come out and say it's completely unacceptable, but we're backing the man, then great, at least we're seeing there's some pressure on him. But right now, we do, don't see any But if they do that, then then they, I say they, Vinay and Edu, mm-hmm. if they do that, then they also have to fall on their sword if it goes tits up. Mm-hmm. Because uh, because Arteta is very much Edu and Vinay's man. They went balls mm-hmm. out. They've put everything in, in place. They, you know, they've essentially guardiola the club for him. You know, they've built the whole club in Mikel's image. They've given him the players he wants so far. And I... You know, from what I can gather, they're going to do the same in the summer. Um, you know that they, they, they've built this club in his image. So if if he if he doesn't perform and he doesn't get the results, then 
and that, and that's kind of the issue you've got here, isn't it? Is Edu's ass on the line as well, and Edu's not going to uh, not going to fire himself, is he? So um, right. you, this is where you need a strong board. Um, that's probably a topic for another day. <laughs> right, Richard, did you have anything to say on that before we just do a, a couple of quick? Who's going to do the questions? Josh, do you want to do them? Listeners' questions. Sure. Sure, I can do Lovely. questions. Richard, any anything you want to cover? Because we've been no, doing no. an hour and 40. No, okay, no. last few things that um, our WhatsApp group got together because I'm too lazy. If our if Arteta goes, do we start from scratch again and who would be a realistic target? Um, if I dare answer this question, I think we can't afford to start from scratch again. And then so the next manager who comes in will be told, we don't have £300 million and a whole new staff and everything new for you. You've got to work with what you've got. And that makes the second part of that question, who would be a realistic target, really, really hard to answer. Chris, you look like you're about to spring into action. Uh, well, Josh knows what's coming here, but there's a, there's a manager in, in France that I'm quite fond of by the name of... Pochettino. Christophe Galtier has done a, an unbelievable job at, at Lille. Um, but are was, they going to win the French League? Because they're top, aren't they? I, I, it, it goes back and forth. I mean, they're top at the moment. They're four points clear. But just just competing the way they have this season, um, and they've done they've done wondrous things, and they've rebuilt that squad. They, they had Pepe sold from underneath them. Um, he reinvested. Yeah, well, he reinvested the money, brought in Jonathan David, David, who scored goals. He brought in um, Botman, who's now attracting interest of some of the biggest clubs in Europe. The centre back, you know, he's got a, a history of making clubs better, and he's a manager who inspires those around him. You know, he's a he's a manager that you'll see often in. In dressing room pictures, you know, giving it the big come on to the to the fans and to the players. He's motivational, um, tactically very astute, and he's a brilliant manager. But he's never really been given the chance at, at the very top level. So I'm not saying he would leave Lille. And again, as I said, I'm 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 very much with Rich. I'm backing Arteta at this point. But if they if it got to the stage where we needed to uh, to look at replacements, Gautier would be high on my list, particularly as it looks like Nagel, Nagelsmann's going to go to Bayern. So that's that's him off the radar if he was even on it in the first place. Um, well, Josh or Richard next. I'm looking for earbuds, metal ones. So you carry on. Well, I think I'd probably go... The problem is, if Arteta's going, it's look at the position that Arsenal are in. I think at that time and then who were able to attract. I know we're Arsenal, huge club, uh, but I think there's also a case of we're at the moment, especially when you look at the kind of transfer dealings we're making, I think the kind of managers we'd be getting in are of a similar type. We're either going balls out for a big manager for huge wages. Um, some might call it the Levy model, um, you know, <laughs> uh, or you're going for like a, a promising Play, uh, manager who a bit like Mikel right now might be doing some learning on the job but a bit more established getting someone in before their you know like a, a Nagelsmann at Hoffenheim that was your time to get Nagelsmann not anymore but I think for me I think you go somewhere really left field um, I'm going to go Jesse March uh, RB Salzburg I think that's a manager who's doing something really interesting again good uh, got that kind of record of dealing with the kind of players we're going to be looking to bring in as well. Those players that are there with the step before they get elite. So, you know, Erling Haaland, um, I'm not, so Bosloy, I'm going to just completely ruin how you say his name. 
Shabazzle, yeah. Shabazzle, he's completely dealt with those kind of players coming through. I think that's the kind of guy that you'd look at or that we'd look at and be well within our budget as well to get in, would sit under a process for us, you know, especially in the RB group. He understands that there's a process going on above him. Edu doesn't need to change away from his plans that are in place in that regard. And yeah, that's, that's probably the manager I would go after. Um, but Rich, very, what are you? very highly thought of in MLS, by the way. Very highly mm. thought of when he was over there. Yeah. Uh, I have I have nothing to add to, to this question. <laughs> you guys literally uh, 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 have covered it fairly enough, so I would say move on to the next question. Or, or you could you, you you could just say I would have gone for Pep Guardiola. At least he the style of play. Give yeah. it to Giggsy to lend a season. <laughs> lend a se- or don't no 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 don't give it Giggsy. He'll just be yeah no no allegedly. No one needs that. No one's needs that. No. So I think I, I kind of agree that we've tried the uh, the manager who's won stuff before, didn't really work out. We've gone for the younger manager with great promise, and some will say that hasn't worked out. I think the only other thing we can do is go for the uh, the Ancelotti model of uh, oh please help us and give Rafa Benitez a call. That's the kind of thing, and fuck the style of football, and fuck bringing players through the academy. Just go all out and chuck money at it, and then get go bankrupt. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what you want. Uh, right. So looking at 2021-22, will Arteta still be the manager? What are our goals for the new season? Start with you, Rich, because you didn't have much to say before. Um, so what was the first part of that question? Would I stick with um, Arteta? Will, no, will he be? Not whether you were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, I think he definitely will be. Um uh, I definitely will be. I like. So I think significant, significant improvement um, is the is the goal for 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 next season. Um, uh, you, you know, there there is a bit of me that, that I did think to myself, like, would it be the worst thing in the world if we didn't get um, into Europe next season, and so that we've just got the team. It, they they're just playing every Saturday, and they've got you know the entire week to kind of prepare and 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 be fresh, and not having to 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 juggle all these all these different games. A little bit like um like what Chelsea had that one year. I think it, it helped out Liverpool one year when they almost won the title until Gerrard slipped. Um, you know, massively helped Leicester and and has has, has helped um has helped West Ham. But um, I, I think significant um, improvement in, 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 in from what we had. I, w- I would a, a real sustained challenge to 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 break into the the to the um, to the top four. And I know that might sound like a bit of a low ball answer because we're Arsenal. We should be in that top four regardless, kind of thing. But it's not uh, anymore. We're coming. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, we're coming from such a low point. Uh, and we, we, and we, we're coming from such a, um, uh, a a place of weakness that I think if we did, you know, push in and and and, and maybe even just about squeeze into the um, into the top floor, be there or thereabouts, not sitting adrift in, you know, ninth, eighth, seventh kind of thing, and and the other thing is is playing better football. I know, I know. Um, I say Chris has been very vocal about it, and I think Femi as well. We've we've been 
we've been so shit at times to watch. I know, sorry, like it's swearing. We've been so poor to watch at times. I, I think that's another thing that needs to, um, that, 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 that needs to improve. Um, like I said, if we're still languishing the sa- and doing the same sort of stuff we are at the present moment in time, then he's out the door. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Either of you two? I couldn't really add anything to that. I, I don't want to take up all the airtime. I think that Rich has nailed it, to be fair. Unless yeah, there's I think, anything that's Yeah, the only thing I, I kind of add to it, um, one, I think Arteta is yeah is the same. I think he will be here next season. The goal for next season, I think, depends on where we finish this season. And a bit carry on from what Rich says is, I think Arteta has a harder job because the expectation's higher if we don't finish in European place. If we don't have Europe next season, the expectation is we're top four, I think, because we've only got the league to kind of hang on to at that point. If we finish in Europe, I think it's a little bit more of a, you know, obviously Champions League is still the goal but he's got that kind of get out of jail excuse of a cup competition to get him through at least the first half of the year. Because if you're only playing for the league and we're 15th come, you know, December the 23rd, then there's going to be serious questions asked. If we've blitzed through the Europa League group at the same time, then there might, you know, there's still going to be the, where we can still get Champions League through the Europa League, a bit like how this season's gone. But I think if you don't have that kind of crutch of European football that gets you into the Champions League, then I think he's got a very, very difficult task because his expectation is to almost basically a domestic treble should be realistic for us almost. For, Yikes. Well, no pressure. Maybe not the league, but yeah, we, should be, we should be fighting on all fronts there. But without European football and the squad we've got at the moment, there's you almost got to say 45 games in a season, we should be winning at least 80% of those. Just so. just to add to that very briefly, just because I've just suddenly thought of this, if we don't get into Europe <clears throat> this season, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and I don't count the Vauxhall mm. Conference or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck it's called, if we don't get into Europe, or I mean, mm. even if we do, but it, let's say we don't, then top four is an absolute minimum next mm. season. Because there, there can be no excuses. And, and don't give me this, oh, the fans I aren't agree, in bullshit. I agree. Because, you know, I'm sick to death of people saying, oh, we well, can't count the season because COVID, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I agree. You can't count these seasons as memorable. I agree. You can't count these seasons as any fun or enjoyment because they haven't been. They've been trash. But Man City will still have the, the league title with their name on it. Liverpool still have the league title with the nails, sadly. But, you know, there's still trophies to play for. There's still active seasons. It's still the same football on the same pitches. And every club has had the same. It's not just Arsenal. And arguably, if there was ever a club that shouldn't rely on their home atmosphere, it's probably us, in fairness. But all jokes aside, there, there cannot be any excuse because you've got rest, you've got recuperation, you've got rotation in the squad. You know, I don't give it monkeys if we throw both cups. Top four mm. is a minimum requirement. And and as Rich said, and as Josh said, if we if we if we keep face with Arteta, in fact, I would argue even if we're in the Europa League again next season, which you know we may end up being, 
if we're not within that top four bracket by November, then I think we have to be asking really serious questions. We've got to get off to a really good start next season and not just by beating Fulham away and then <laughs> shitting the bed for the next six weeks afterwards. <laughs> Sadly true. Um, Josh, do you want to do questions? Sure. Uh, let's go for them. Oh, where should we start? Uh, we'll go with Phil Macker's question. Uh, so, where should I hit this? I think we'll hit it to, to Chris. Uh, our transfer dealings, and this is from Phil Macker's words, not mine, uh, have been ev- embarrassing for a very long time. Apart from Tierney and Martinelli, who has been our best signings in the past five seasons? Well, Gabriel's say, won straight away. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think Pablo Marie's been very good. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry to, to, to race in ahead, but I forget them otherwise. Tierney? Yeah, it's with Tierney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was apart from Tierney and Martinelli, but I would completely agree on Pablo <laughs> Mari being yeah. by far yeah, and away one of the shrewdest deals we've done in a very long time. He's he's like the new Mertesacker, isn't he? Very calm, mm. composed, just gets on with it. Yeah, I like him. Um, yeah, I th- I think you could probably argue David Luiz for his influence. You know, he scares the crap out of me every time he plays, but he is he, he is a winner. Um, I, I, I guess how I would answer this is I think Phil's got a very good point. Our transfer dealings have not been the best. That, that I would definitely agree with. And not just in terms of the marquee signings. How many young players have we signed who have mysteriously just disappeared off the face of the planet? Some of them, as Danny will tell you from his, from his research with this, he's very good at this, um, a lot of our youngsters do just disappear because they think they're better than they are, granted. But there's also been quite a few projects, to use that word again, that we've signed that have just gone nowhere. You know, the Rio Miachis, the, the, the Park Shu Youngs, the, and I know this is under our generations of players. He, he's tried to get to work and yeah, absolutely. two or three that have actually, yeah. some like Bentner, ruined it themselves. Like you, Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's always exceptions. I mean, look at the amount of goalkeepers we tried under Arsenal that didn't work out. How many, you know, Silvestra, um, uh, uh, who was the other centre-back that we signed? Squilacci. You know, they weren't bad players, but yet they dropped up at Arsenal and suddenly became awful, you know. Debussy was a good signing, but unfortunately he was battered out of the club by that Stoke Pillock. But um, yeah, I, I think Phil. I think Phil's point at overall is is a fair one. the The transfer business needs to be a lot better, um, and not just in terms of the player profiles we're going for, the deals we're getting. We should be a lot better. We should be a lot more shrewd with these deals. That, that, not only that, I would add on the fact that our, our selling has been yeah, appalling. Yeah. When, when you giving away. That, well, yeah. yeah, when you think that the, the sums that Liverpool got for Jordan Ibe and yeah. Rian Brewster, Brewster yeah, Jesus yeah. wept. Like, yeah. And we're about to do the same with Terea. We're going to let him go out on loan for one and a half yep. million and we're still paying his wages because he, he he's homesick. I don't care. Eddie it's a business. Yeah. It's not, not a Eddie charity. Mark my words, you can mark this down, 13th of April, 2021, Eddie and Ketia will go for less than 15 million quid. Bet you yeah. any money. He'll go he'll for go, about 10 million. He'll go to another pre- bottom, bottom half of the Premier League side and he'll be like a Paul Dickov, someone who you can rely on, get you 10 yep. goals a season, probably two of them against into, us. Drift into into oblivion, yeah. And, and that's a player that if we'd have been shrewd and we'd have you know sort of thought about this maybe even a year ago when he was at his peak, we would probably have got 20 mil, 22, 23 for English premium. 
Imagine if Liverpool had a player who was the top top goal scorer ever for England under 23s. 30 million, like you were saying, Richard. 30, 35 million. This boy's got so much promise. You, you bring him on in dead rubbers, so you'd stat pad him, you know, like, like Kane does when he's playing for England. Let him take all the penalties. <laughs> and and this, this, is, this doesn't just stem from the, the Arteta Emre, uh, Arteta Emre Edu managership. This goes all the way back to us. And, you know, I, I love him, bless him, but. He he also wasn't the best at uh, because he, he because he had this this one year rule didn't he this this mm. we're only going to give you one year and then you know the amount of players Gilberto Silva Robert Perez even Dennis you know we could have we could have held them for one more season and we didn't because we didn't or you know we didn't sell properly and we didn't offer the right contracts to keep those players in place so this goes back a long way which is why I don't have too much faith that it's going to change anytime soon. Well, I think that's one of the problems that we can kind of see is we're not going to be able to say that it's, you know, uh, Phil's question will still be probably relevant at the end of, well, I'd say at the end of next season, it's still going to be a relevant thing, but we could have had two great transfer windows off the back of it. And it would still over a five year period still look pretty bad because we've still got some players that have come in and have not been great for us. Um, you're breathing, Josh. I forget that you breathe right. between words. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just go blue say? and pass out, then I know you're done. <laughs> um, Don Juan has put on here on, on, on YouTube should have sold Alexis Sanchez for 60 million to Man City. Instead, we swapped him for Mkhitaryan, then gave Mkhitaryan away. I think we got a million for that, or or some some tiny amount of compensation when he went to Roma. Yeah. I mean, hindsight is 2020, isn't it, when it comes to going no, for me, it's all easy. <laughs> We just, we just sold so many players. And like, I think think how much we sold. Like, over Mars and Petit went to Barcelona for a combined, what was it, like 26 million quid? Henri went to Barcelona for about six quid and a packet of peanuts. It was, like, it's ridiculous. Just mental yeah. how we how we get bent over and shafted forcibly upside, from behind by these agents and other clubs. We, uh, we did shaft Liverpool for £40 million. <laughs> for a guy that wanted yeah, to play true. central midfield. And yeah, yeah, thirty-five million to uh, to Everton. Oh, oh, we just need to start selling to scousers because they clearly don't rate <laughs> our players. I'm not. Would you, I'm not. I'm not touching that one, Josh. You you can go on you that ever, Would you ever want the ox back? Because Liverpool don't want him. Good God, no. no. And while we're at it, while we're at it, at the risk of upsetting a certain other former member of our podcast, no, I do not want Aaron Ramsey back. Just going to put that right out there, right there. No, 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 no. Jesus. And there's nothing against him. Lovely bloke, cracking player. But just no. They want to get rid of him. What's he on? 500 pounds? Of course they fucking do. Of course they fucking do. Because he barely plays. It's on a gazillion pounds a week. And he's so fit for 25 games a season. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we'd be moaning about it. But now just sit back and relax and say, you know what? We dodged a bullet there for once. He didn't sign a player who was only fit for 25 games a season for Trust 300 grand a week. Exactly. Half of them were sub. <laughs> yeah. Um, question from, uh, we'll go from Avon Teddington to Rich. Uh, do you have a view on giving Chambers a go back at right centre-back as he was first choice there before he did his knee? Yeah, I, I know. I know what you say because he 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 was um, he was really really good before his his knee exploded. Bless him. Um, it, it, it could be. I just I I think, you know, if we if we're integrating Saliba 
um, back into the squad, and we've, we're going to have Holding, and we're going to have uh, Pablo Mari, and we get, we've got Gabriel, and possibly we're ex- extending David Luiz. And Mavropanos. Uh, I'm, and Mavropanos. <laughs> I'm struggling to see where he's back. Ca- kind of going to get in. Whereas, whereas I think, you know, he's kind of found he's found himself a little bit at right back. You know, I, I like the fact that he's a, he's a different type of right back to, um, to Bellerin and to Cedric. Uh, so, I mean, if we, if we were to get rid of either Cedric or, or, or Bellerin, I, I think as we touched on earlier, I think it's more likely it's going to be Bellerin uh, that he's a different kind of, uh, of right back. Um, he gives you height. He gives you a bit more defensive solidity. Um, he's, he's, uh, you know, he, um, Whereas, uh, like I say, Bellerin comes in in field a lot more and, and almost kind of makes up the numbers in midfield a little bit. Um, so no, I, I I think he's a good option to play there uh, at right back. If uh, sorry, at centre back, right centre back, if needed. But I think we're we're going to be we're going to be stacked in that position uh, next season. So I would I would kind of keep him kind of where he is if that if that you know for 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 one of a better um better excuse i know it sounds a bit lame kind of thing but and i, I do get what he means in the sense of that he he was really really good at um at, uh, at right center back but like i said we, we we've already got players in that position so unless you're shipping out saliba you're shipping out um uh, uh, holding or you know whatever's going to happen with Louise, I I kind of don't see it. Yeah, I think that's that's probably where I'm at as well. That there's so many right-sided centre backs that we've got in the squad already, and as Danny's mentioned, two more are coming back. Who I think there's only loans. Oh, Mavropanos, I will happily sell because he has fattened up lovely at Stuttgart. <laughs> Ready um, for Christmas. Ready for Christmas. We can sell him from it. That's the point of these loan deals, isn't it? Is either you fatten them up to sell or you just, or you bring them back. And I think Saliba is one we bring straight back in. Mavropanos, great. If, if we, if we don't, Josh, he's done amazing. Now, back in the States for Maitland Niles. If, if we, yeah. if we don't bring Saliba back, there's, there's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I might just I might just be a Nice fan for life. I, I'm I'm so done. If we let that kit slip through our fingers, I, I'm done because that is like you can talk about Meza till you're blue in the face. That is the single worst piece of player management we have we have dealt with in 25 years. Absolutely I, horrific I, management. I I completely agree, and I think if if he doesn't integrate Saliba. Um, into the team next season that that's clearly a personal thing in the sense yeah. of it's, it's got zero to do with with, with footballing ability. reasons kind of thing Saliba has whatever you know was going on with him at the start of the season with integrating into the into the country and whatever happened with his poor mum god bless him that you know that's awful kind of thing he has dispelled any rumors that this was affecting his footballing ability because he, like I said, he's been outstanding for Nice. Um, yep. If yeah, if he's not integrated into the, that, that's another caveat. Um, and I've, I've said it at the top of the show that I said that, that Arteta got wrong this season was was the Saliba thing. And if he doesn't make use of that lad next season, that is going to be a massive black mark on 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 his name. 
Um, yeah. Just to let you lads know, uh, my battery is about to die. Uh, <laughs> so I, I may have to, if I, my screen goes blank, that's, uh, that's what's happened. So um, just for, to forewarn you. Better hurry up then. Uh, so question from, we're going to go from Cy. Uh, I think for you, Chris, do you guys think that Arsenal are putting too much pressure on Saka? Comparing him with Rocky, making him the poster boy for the club at 19. Uh, so I was afraid that we're going to break him. Do you feel similarly to Saka as well? Is that from Mr. Collings? No, uh, uh, Sai Anvesh. Uh, okay, no worries, Sai. Uh, yeah, I th- I'll keep this one short and sweet. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think he's bang on. We, we, we've got a real talent in this kid, but let's not. Let's not, as I said earlier, don't give him the captaincy. Don't make him the poster boy. You know, him wearing the Rocky shirt, I thought was a nice tribute, actually. I thought that was quite nice. But, but yeah, don't don't compare him. I mean, they're, they're, they're light years, a, a different player, different position, the whole thing. Um, he's a really talented player, but in recent weeks, we've seen he is still human. You know, he, he's had some off games as well. Should have scored last Thursday. Let's not forget that. So he's he's still developing. Let's Let's not put any more pressure on him than he's already got. And just let him develop. Same with Smith Rowe. Um, and I, I actually hope he doesn't play for England at all in the summer. I know that's not going to please some people, but you know, I'd like to see him. Uh, I'd like to see somebody else get um, used and abused by Southgate personally. Oh, I'd, I'd happily agree. As someone who does follow England quite closely, there is plenty of left backs that deserve to go there. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, just just send Chilwell and Luke Shaw and keep Saka back for pre-season with Arsenal, please. Thank you very much. Um, quickly, stand the man. I'll answer this question. Uh, so why does Aubameyang look so happy when he's on international duty, but look so miserable when he turns out for a couple of days, his exuberant wages? Is life at Arsenal that bad? I say, yeah, um, Gabon were doing very well during the international break. Uh, they qualified for the uh, Cup of Nations. Um, and then question for you, Rich, if you're still there, give us a little jiggle. See if you're still mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. I'm, still He's there. There. I'm still there. Cool. Uh, from Jimmy H32, where do you rate yourself from a little giggle to pissing yourself on the Kane news about him wanting to leave the scum? Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> saw that coming? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have happened to a nicer club uh yeah no i'm 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 on the, i'm on the end of that scuba pissing myself laughter uh uh uh, uh because once that guy goes they are screwed so yeah I, i'm on i'm on the pissing myself laughing side chris is the uh the extra like turd on top of the piss the fact that they might have to sell kane to fund sacking jose Mourinho. Oh, that would be that would be priceless, wouldn't it? And, and the best bit as well is uh, Hyung Min Cheat will probably leave as well because uh, without Harry Kane, he's half the player. He's the average player he was at Leverkusen once again. So uh, yeah, um, Eric Dyer up front for Spurs. It'll be like the golden days. Perhaps they could get Jermaine Jenner back. Uh, he, he seems to be quite affiliated with Spurs. Him and Redknapp in midfield together. Um, but no, it's hilarious. I presume it's not official that he said he wants to leave. It's all talk, but. Yeah, I think he's finally woken up to the fact that as long as he stays there, he's going to win literally nothing. So, well, you, you know. You know, with Harry Kane, if he did do any talking, no one fucking understood anyway. Exactly. And that, that and that's why he doesn't want to move to a big club like PSG, because he, he struggles enough with English, let alone learning French. 
Exactly. Uh, Danny, I think that is the end of the questions. Weirdly, there's not one about Basuma. Josh, got a late question in. Should we sign Basuma? <laughs> <laughs> Quick answer. If you would like a midfield that is Granite Xhaka come January, no, February time. Uh, yeah, because all the rest of our uh, midfielders would then be African and are all going to the Cup of Nations. Have fun, Make guys. Arsenal African again. Until you realise that Thomas Partey, his best partner in Basuma, and El Neni all go away for an international break oh in the goodness. middle of the season. Yeah, have fun. Just leaving Granite Jacker behind and maybe another on loan, Sabios. No, unfortunately. Or, or, or Gwen yeah. Jonesy, if he's still knocking about. Uh, no, he. Yeah. What? Gwen Doozy. No, he's going to be playing, what is it, Bundesliga's Zwei for Hertha uh, Berlin? <clears throat> well, he ain't because he's going to get a, a move to a bigger club and then he's going to be utilised and, and, and he's going to be another one we look back on in 10 years and go, oh, yeah, uh, there's another one oh. we sold for six quid and he's now for 30 million. That was good. That was good business. Yeah. The one that will fall out with another three managers on his way to the top. That one. Yeah, he'll still succeed doing it. He'll oh, succeed doing it. Some of right. the best players in the world in the world of football have big egos. Josh Astier, Danny, and... Danny. Let's just uh, let's let's move on from the uh, Poundland Rabio and uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, let's, let's wrap up the show. Oh, um, my cat says Dora and Lily. The one on top is Dora cleaning her mum Lily. I'm trying not to get any bum shots, but. There they go. Dora is the only licking cat out of 23 cats I've had. A licky cat. She licks things. There you go. I'm not a cat farmer. I've just had bad luck with cats. Um, right. Thursday's podcast after the show is, as long as my P- I found out what was wrong with my PC, the graphics card was getting too hot. Um, so Thursday's show, I think Mr. Stokes said he might be free for that game. So that would be good. Um, see us go get knocked out by a uh, Slavia thingy bob, Sparta thingy bob, Slava Sparta. <laughs> it's the one Rasiki didn't play for, who they smashed Rasiki's team at the weekend 2 0. So it might be me and James. Uh, quite frankly, we have no idea what's going on. Sunday's show is uh, who are we playing on Sunday? Fulham. Anybody know this kickoff time? Probably like 20 past 11 at night or something stupid for TV, isn't it? Oh, no, it's an eight. Uh, it's uh, 1.30. I might drag myself out of bed to watch that. So at least it'll be one. <laughs> well, it's, it's nearly summer, isn't it? Right. Um, thank you very much, Josh, for for turning up. Uh, are you waving? Are you having a big goodbye ceremony when you're leaving the north before you uh, start saying t rather than the? Uh, maybe, but it won't be till later in the week. Oh, lovely, Joe. It'd be good to have you back in the part of the world where we speak proper, innit? <laughs> you know, mate, bruv. Innit? Great. Uh, thank you, Richard, for staying with us. With your, How's your migraine? Are you feeling a bit better? Uh, yeah, a little bit better. I, had, I, had a, I chugged a load of sulpidine, so I feel a little bit, a little bit better. But uh, thanks for having me on, lads. It's, it's always good. Always a pleasure to have you on. And finally, it's uh, Mr. Carpenter there with, uh, with, his, with his weepy body. Uh, you look like a lot, lot more relaxed now. You look like you're not carrying the, the troubles of the world on your shoulders. I, I, feel, I feel better. I'm, I'm not 100% sure I'm ready to eat yet, and I'm concerned about what the night has to come. But, uh, yeah, uh, I just posted on my Instagram, and a lot of my running community have come back and said, yep, been there panicked exactly the same as i did halfway through marathons and was it paula radcliffe that did it yeah, yeah. she had a shit yeah <laughs> <While running. laughs> we've, we've all been there i'm sure i'm the first i won't be the last but uh 
yeah, I'm glad I stuck around because I've enjoyed it. But uh, it was touch and go for a minute there, literally. Oh dear, there's the obligatory porn hub from Phil. Cheers, Phil. Um, right, yeah, if you've uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, give it a thumbs up. If you haven't, give it a thumbs down, because uh, these three have been my favourite guests. Of They're so much better than last week's guests. They were absolutely awful. Uh, thank you very much to everybody in the chat. And look, I'm going to put a little thing here. It's uh, the Gooners podcast, which is Mike and Ian, I-N-O and A-N is on there. There's a link to their show. Hopefully, I've never gone and had a look and see if it goes. Oh, there it does. You can click on that link. You can go and have a look. At the moment, they've only got 16 people watching, and they've uh, they've only got eight thumbs up. So if you could go and support our fellow podcasters, because they are our friends, go there, give them a thumbs up, tell them we sent them, and uh, stay and watch the show, because it, it'll be good fun. We'll be back on Thursday. Thank you very much, everybody, and goodbye. Hashtag fuck Alice. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.